You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carlos Devings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 192 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me not in the kitchen studio no. this week because none of us are in the kitchen no. studio this week. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because due to a slight technical problem with the, uh, uh, with the, the, kitchen, studio. the kitchen studio yes, line, absolutely. the phone line in the kitchen studio house yes. at PTUK HQ, we have changed locations. And for those of you watching in the YouTube uh, video, we'll be able to see behind me a rather large... Um, beautiful converted 17th century Matt 17th century yes. 17th yep. century balm so it's all very yeah, beamy absolutely. and what you can't see is that the roof is incredibly tall <laughs> yeah, behind absolutely. me and there's a reason for why we're mentioning that because we do actually it's about, about half an hour before we went live we've developed a small problem in the fact that one of the smoke alarms because we're very good here and we have smoke <laughs> alarms one of the smoke alarms is actually at the top there but it is literally unless you're Owen and a monkey and you can climb up stuff uh, we're not getting hold of it so apologies that there is going to be a little beep that appears every now and again. So yes, welcome to my office, basically. This is Matt's This is where workplace. I work now. This is my new workplace here uh, at uh, here in Bungie. So we're still in Bungie. We've yeah, we only are. moved yeah. up the road. About miles um, down the road. But uh, yes, this this is uh, in a little place. Uh, if I put on the wide shot, you'll see. Because we're doing a little shameless plugging for my new my new boss. And that is Sarah Brown Cards. Look, there we go. So that is, uh, that is yeah, buy cards, buy cards. And we do have a new US website and a UK website, by the way, as well. But we'll talk about that later that's fine yeah yes so uh so welcome, <laughs> so welcome everyone to the barn yeah. yeah welcome to the barn what, what you can't actually see behind me where those windows are behind me there you can see just behind me there's black dark because it is dark here it is yes behind yeah. there is a lovely oh, river that flows thing, behind yeah. here mm. uh which is in the summertime is incredibly it nice is. to sit next to and we me and matt were talking earlier before we started oh, the yeah. show and uh, i think in the summertime we might oh, we'll well do a live show from from outside here from near the river yeah, near alongside the river. the river Waveney. Yeah. Absolutely. But, so welcome uh, yes. uh, everyone who's joined us in the YouTube chat room tonight. A big welcome to everyone. Loads of names in there. All the usual uh, usual uh, listeners, I should say, joining us in the uh, in the YouTube chat room. Uh, it is, uh, well, it's the 24th of November uh, and it's uh, 13 minutes past seven. And, uh, well, we're going to say a massive welcome, uh, as always, to, uh, to our other uh, host of the show. And uh, he is uh, waiting... In the wings, it will not here, but he's waiting at the uh, the Nevtech Studios. Waiting, yes, absolutely. Where, yeah. where so he's not having technical. No, problems, he's not having. Nev will never have technical <laughs> no, that problems. Is true. Yes, absolutely. Honestly, there could be a, there could be a <laughs> nuclear explosion, and, and <laughs> Nev would <laughs> never. It'd still be broadcast. Yeah, he, he'd so, never fall offline. Yeah, so it gives absolutely. us great pleasure, as always, to welcome onto the show, Mr. Neville Bounds. Hello, gents, and uh, yeah, great to be with you. And that looks a very salubrious location, actually. I so know, isn't it? <laughs> that, that that might be a very good location for future shows as well. I like the look of that very much. Mm, so, absolutely. Uh, well, we do actually and, have a uh, much yeah. we have a much larger area downstairs. So actually, all jokes mm. aside, if ever we, <laughs> yeah, we can't do, see behind me, yeah, because yeah, because we're actually upstairs in my little office. So if there was yeah. a, you know, we could do a, a, a much bigger. Uh, yes, that's right. We just had an email from Pip, I think, involving a video segment. Oh, that's right, why okay. all our phones are all going off. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I ain't adding that now. Uh, <laughs> but we also have a, a special guest host with us this evening. And uh, she's here, uh, well, she's here with a few other people actually in the background there, we might add. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah. but no, we have uh, got uh, 
the Miss World winner 2017 yes, yes. with Stolen. I, I assume, obviously, she has the crown for next year. She as well. has, well, she will win that's next that's year as well. Yeah, yeah. Course, yeah, so uh, we're going to welcome onto the show and uh, we've stolen her from Jeff and uh, everyone. No, no borrowed. Borrowed. Stolen. You don't have to Sorry, make it sound like a crime borrowed. every time, okay. honestly. Okay. <laughs> so welcome onto the show, Dr. Steph. Hello, Carlos and Matt and Neb. Great to be back with you guys. Um, yeah, I don't know about stolen. I think I came willingly. Right. Um, sorry, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> How rude. Uh, <laughs> indeed. It's so, always a pleasure to have you on, my dear. Yes. Thank and, you. And I, you. I have, you have to say, Steph, the hair is looking awesome. <laughs> Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, so. yeah. Now, there, now, as those of you who were perhaps watching earlier before we started uh, recording the show, uh, you might actually notice that uh, it's a... <laughs> sorry, Jeff Braithwaite is suggesting we throw a rock at the smoke detector to stop it from chirping, uh, <laughs> which is always... A, uh, but you do have, you do have a, a special guest with you in the studio there, actually, don't you? This popped up a moment ago. Do I? Yeah, it's very small and furry. Oh, well, small uh, and yeah, furry. Small, small... <laughs> Uh, special guest. I don't know where he went now. He, he no, disappeared. Okay. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, he's over on the other side of the desk. So oh, fair yes, my dog, Taco, is here. Yeah. I'm sure he will Yay. be making several guest appearances throughout the show as he runs back and forth. So. Indeed. Excellent. Indeed. Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, Steph, because I know, uh, uh, know you, you've got, you're obviously very, Quite very busy, busy at the moment, at the moment yes. because uh, you've, got, yes. you've got something rather big planned for uh, very soon. Tell this us a bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, so um, for those of you not in the U.S., um, it was our big Thanksgiving holiday yesterday. So actually off of work today, um, as it's also Black <gasps> Friday. Um, but I did not partake in any of the crazy shopping stuff that goes on on this day. Um, instead, I actually came over here to Atlanta, Georgia, or the Atlanta area. And I'm actually at uh, First Officer Dana's house right now. Ah. And the reason for that is because for uh, the APG Airline Pilot Guy Show, tomorrow we're going to be having our 300th episode. Um, pretty big deal. We're pretty excited about it. Yeah. Doing some preparation and um, looking forward to a great time with that tomorrow. Yeah, so excellent. Big, big stuff, yeah. isn't it? Very exciting. So, yeah. Is it going to be a live show, Steph? Are you going live for this one? Yeah, sure. We're doing a live show. Um, I'm not exactly sure what time we're going to start. I think sometime around oh. 1 o'clock. <gasps> oh, dear. Who's that Someone bearded fellow? <laughs> Who is that bearded it's fellow? It's Father Christmas. He's Father arrived Christmas. early. What good news. Santa has arrived Santa early. I'm has so arrived. happy. <laughs> <laughs> what a real treat! Oh, 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 Christmas. Hey, dude, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look! I tell you, it's amazing who you find in in places like Atlanta, isn't it? You know, <laughs> just hanging around, He's hanging yeah, around, absolutely, <laughs> just drifted in on the breeze. Lloyd right. Okay. He, he drifted in on noisily on an ancient Boeing seven sixty seven. I was going to say, how, how was the flight, Nick? Dare I ask to say it was uh, basic? <laughs> okay. Which and may I ask which airline it was? Probably best termed an arrival. <laughs> oh no! May I ask which airline it was, sir? Uh, I'm allowed to say because uh, I, no one I know works for them. It was Delta. Oh, oh, they're not, oh, they're not a bad news. airline. Okay, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It has to excellent. be one of the slowest flights I've ever been on. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Steam powered. It's it's always the way forward. I I I'm a fan of. Actually, yeah. I I have to point out that at the end of the APG show, it does say that if it ain't Boeing, 
uh, uh, you ain't going. That they are your words. Misquote. Misquote. Fake news. Never <laughs> I never listened to the end of the show. Okay. Did we say that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have to be a real sad person to listen to the very end of the show. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there is every there week. Is, I, I should just say, actually, in the chat room here, there is there is some technical advice coming in from Captain Jeff that says, uh, "Tell Steph to unplug, replug, plug her mic." There we go. You got oh, it. So, made a whole bunch of noise last time I did it. Yeah, well, that's all right. It's, it's only our end. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Just I a bit of crackling. No, Captain Jeff, this is not a good setup that I have here right now because I threw it together last minute. So you're going to have to deal with whatever okay. audio. <laughs> I think it was probably my input that messed things up. He he says it's a USB it. thing. I don't know. Anyway, you, you've uh, got you've got something, Steph, that we we love to have with our roast pork dinners uh, on a Sunday, which is crackling. Me. Crackling. <laughs> yes. Oh, and now he's now, and now she's gone. Okay, <laughs> okay, this is that's good. Oh, good. Right, uh, it, it you, was Nick. You still there, Nev? <laughs> oh yes. Oh, yeah, that's all right then. That's all right. I was just checking. With, it wasn't with, with my, you know, dedicated fibre line all the way to East Anglia. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Oh, well. Yeah, indeed. Yes, uh, hard, <laughs> hardcore, working very well. Indeed. <laughs> it's uh, nice to see we have we have uh, obviously we have got uh, Captain Jeff in the chat room, and, and we also have Pilot Pib as well. Oh, do we? Yes, yes we do. Yeah, we yeah. do. And, so uh, anyway. I think um, whilst uh, whilst we wait for uh, everything to come back on, I think we should perhaps crack on with the show. Yeah, so we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. I am indeed, yes, yes, yes. And if you're ready, Nev. Totally. And if you're ready, Steph. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. Ready. <laughs> So, kicking off this week's first news story, and this one is on the Telegraph uh, Travel or Telegraph.co.uk site, and uh, and the headline is: "This is the world's biggest airline, but you're not allowed to fly it." Oh. Hmm. So, spotting a cargo uh, aircraft. So it's BA then, right? No, yeah. not BA. No, <laughs> oh. spotting a cargo aircraft. That's the next story. Uh, <laughs> often prompts a double take. Hang on, that plane has no windows. We're so used to seeing passenger jets milling around the tarmac at airports uh, that when a sleek cylindrical postal airliner rolls past, it comes as a bit of a shock. But those windowless planes are the key to a multi-billion pound industry, an industry at which FedEx Express sits at the forefront, shifting some 15.7 billion tons, um, oh, billion ton kilometers of freight uh, a year, more than double uh, some of its rivals. Behind such a massive global operation, are more fantastic numbers. FedEx's airline cargo division boasts a huge fleet of 691 aircraft, twice as many as Matt's favourite airline, Ryanair, and also three times Don't as many as Nev's favourite airline, <laughs> BA. Right. Okay. Uh, with its super hub at Memphis International the company flies to more than 375 destinations. Uh, to put it in context, Turkish Airline, which flies to more countries than any other passenger airline, only serves 302. 
and it tra uh, also transports around 5.5 million packages a day. Why me, FedEx? Well done. Uh, that's uh, as if the entire population of Finland sent a parcel inside 24 hours. The cargo behemoth, founded in 1971, uses a number of international hubs in addition to Memphis, with European bases at Paris, Charles de Gaulle, uh, Malpensa, Milan, and Cologne. On in the and also in the UK, FedEx Express has a base at Stansted Airport, uh, from where it flies to Memphis six times a week, reaching uh, it claims 99% of all US destinations overnight. See, now I'm actually actually I have a story I can say about this, believe it or not, because um, recently, as as many of you know, we were going over to New York to do a trade show uh, um, there, and our stuff was actually coming out of Stansted. One of the things that blew us away, and I do mean literally blew us away, is if you use the FedEx, uh, not FedEx, sorry, this was actually UPS, because they've also got a base at um, Stansted as well. And uh, basically, if, you, uh, if they collect your parcel on Tuesday, it will be in New York on Wednesday, that's what they claim. That's thinking, amazing. Yeah. yeah, whatever. I mean, I was literally like, yeah, whatever. So we actually made sure that it arrived on the day before we needed it, just in case there were problems and stuff. And I, ca I kid you not, it was picked up here on the Monday morning. Um, uh, no, let me rephrase that. It was picked up here at one p.m. on Monday, and it was actually in New York in our hotel Tuesday lunchtime. That is fast. I, 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 I mean, I couldn't. I, I thought couldn't, Amazon Prime was. Quick, I couldn't get. I genuinely couldn't get yeah. over it. And I mean, it was just. I just thought. I mean, it was. It was faster than people. Uh, I mean, it was. It was faster than trying to get people to to New York. It was ridiculous. But and again, it's because there's. You know, they, this. Well, UPS. I'm using as another example, obviously because other airlines are available. Um, but you know, so, just incredible. I, I just so fast. We've got a story actually coming up about a, a, fi a fast uh, aircraft later. Oh, yeah. okay. So uh, FedEx has begun phasing out some of its older aircraft, replacing its Boeing 727s with more fuel-efficient 757s and swapping out its MD-11s for 777s on its long-range routes, allowing the MD-11s to take over from the DC-10. Despite its new additions, FedEx's overall fleet has an average age of 22 years. That's young. Mm. According to airfleets.net, compared to, say, EasyJets, which has an average age of six years. The cargo airline has 110 757s with an average age of 25 years, seven Airbus A310s with an average age of 30 years, and 38 McDonnell Douglas DC-10s with an average age of 39.6 wow. years. Many cargo aircraft are decommissioned passenger jets, stripped and repurposed for carrying freight with some given strengthened flight deck doors so that the crew uh, is not uh, crushed by its cargo in the event of a Always crash. Nice, yeah. FedEx's largest aircraft is the 777, capable of carrying 102 metric tons. The carrier says the planes run six direct routes, including Memphis to Dubai, Delhi to Paris, and back to Memphis. Uh, likewise, if you have a few parcels going to Shenzhen or Shenzhen, I beg your pardon. Uh, Memphis, Anchorage, Narita, and Incheon, the, uh, you're in luck. Easy for you to say. And uh, <laughs> well, it's it's an awesome story. I mean, uh, I've uh, I've seen these um, obviously on Flight Radar 24, one of those awesome apps you use to watch uh, aircraft flying around the skies at night across uh, across the UK. And um, I mean, what a huge fleet! I mean, um, I know uh, Liz in the chat room actually says i think she said that first officer craig actually mm. aspires uh, to uh, to fly yes yeah, uh, aspires to fly for fedex really so yeah it's oh, um, wow. 
and obviously we do know a certain um, uh, APG host who's who's been a bit of aloof uh, recently. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, yes, who who flies for yeah. uh, flies for a car? It's a good word for it. as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, aloof, yeah aloof. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, missing in action. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bless. But, but no, um, inc- incredible. It is really, incredible it? numbers, yeah. incredible figures. Yeah, and facts. And and when you look at the picture as well, Matt had up on the screen there just earlier of the seven five sevens. They do look incredibly clean. They do. I will say, yeah, absolutely. The they may be clean because of having <laughs> photos taken. Of course, there is always yeah. that risk. Risk that you know it might have been polished before for the cameras. But, but it is um, amazing. Like Matt said, it is amazing the fact that you I can send stuff that fast. I across, genuinely uh, couldn't believe it. And I mean, it wasn't. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't. Che- it wasn't the cheapest service in the entire world. But, you know, I can confirm that it, basically it was 380 quid to get, um, oh, what was it, nearly 100, what was it, 60, 120, 100, nearly 200 kilos worth of stuff. And it was sort of 380 quid to, to get it from here to New York. I mean, it's so much cheaper than humans. Mm. So yeah. much cheaper than yeah. humans. I mean, I guess they don't need Just feeding and stuff. need to start sending ourselves this cargo. Basically. Well, I think, well, you know, I think to be fair, I mean, in the box, that one of the boxes that we sent, you could make quite a nice home you know for for sort of like the short you're in the air for such a short it's so direct that's the crazy thing i mean you know they might be a little uncomfortable as they top tip you up and down and you know because they they don't pay attention to fragile or anything like that on the box obviously have you, have you got any uh cargo carriers based uh near you steph or um at uh based near me at the no i mean there's cargo operations but there's not i don't think anyone's based there it's not a big um, not like you know fedex with memphis or anything like that so yeah yeah. I could be wrong on that. I'll have to double check and see, but um, not to my knowledge. So. Yeah. I say because like for us, Stansted is a big base. I mean, yeah, a lot Stansted of is, so yeah. much uh, cargo, cargo goes out yeah. of Stansted. It's just not too. In fact, yeah. it, I think if memory serves, the numbers are actually bigger for freight going out of Stansted than it is passengers. passengers yeah. I believe, yeah. but uh, I, I obviously I stand correct. I you know I'm prepared to be corrected on that. So moving on to the next story, uh, yeah, and it's it's a happy story <laughs> just for it? a change right, this week. Okay. Uh, we'll be giving them a Ryanair story, but it is—it's a nice story. Is it? I think it is. Is anyway, it? Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, t- yeah. I'll take your word for that then, yeah. shall I? So this is on uh, Joe.ie, which is an Irish uh, website. I don't know who Joe is, um, but I'm sure he's a. <laughs> he's friends with Owen. Fa- uh, right. Okay. Uh, it's not a very Irish name. It has to be said because it's spelt normally. Okay. Uh, you know, as where Owen is spelt weird. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Owen. I'm very sorry. Uh, right. So anyway, so Joe.co. So sorry, Joe. IE is the website, and the headline is um, Ryanair to host. No, that's not right. Uh, uh, engineers wanted is the where is the headline on this? Anyways, you did have the headline there actually. Did I? Yeah. Oh, engineers wanted is that no? The Ryanair to host Dublin Open Day as announced. Two hundred new jobs. Oh, okay, right. Sorry, you can tell I've had a couple of weeks off, can't you? Children? Yeah, I've forgotten can. how to read and everything. Uh, so <laughs> Ryanair will create two hundred engineering jobs across Europe as it prepares to expand its fleet from four hundred and thirty to five hundred and eighty-five aircraft by twenty twenty-four, with the introduction of the Boeing seven three seven Max twenty set to take flight in two years' time. Interested parties should attend an open day this Thursday, November the twenty third at the Maldron Hotel in Dublin Airport between 11am and 6pm. 2017 has been our busiest recruitment year to date and we are continuing to invest heavily in talent for the future. Shame you didn't apply that to the pilots. Uh, notice, <laughs> noted uh, Chief People Officer Eddie Wilson. Ryanair is looking for highly skilled graduates with the opportunity to work on the youngest fleet in Europe. The full list of positions include technical services engineers, fl- simulator engineering, What's that? 
It's the simulators that the pilots use to train, oh, and they obviously have to have those cool. uh, looked after. Uh, technical standards and training. Fleet planners, yeah, because the ones currently doing it aren't doing a very good job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, project engineers, graduate engineers, area supervisors, purchasing and materials, line maintenance, base maintenance, uh, junior aircraft engineers. Um, so so yeah, it's so safe it's to say there's, a, there's some good positions opening up with Ryanair. Yeah, that, well, that, that, that um, is the, I, I don't know if that's the right word. but uh. Well, no, but I, I think a lot, a lot of the times when they have these kind of um, open days and stuff, I think people presume that it's just purely for, for pilots and, and mm. cabin crew. Yeah. When there are other jobs within the aviation industry um, that, you know, are as it says here, technical mm. engineers and, and people who work on the ground yeah. with the aircraft, which is, oh, I, I kind of like, I'd, I'd like that kind of job, I think. A bit of a, Indeed. get your hands dirty with, uh, with you know, some, some grease and stuff, right. and oil okay. and stuff. But, I, just, um, I, I don't want to do that information. No? <laughs> no okay. okay. So now, as Matt <laughs> said, the, um, so the, the open day was, uh, well, actually, actually but was yesterday they had the open right. day. Okay, that's um, um, not helpful. Uh, no, but <laughs> so, they are continuing, continuing to recruit. So so it's so already too late, ladies and gentlemen, so well, no, the, it's it, suddenly it a non-story. Yeah. No, it does go on. They are continuing to recruit all the time. So um, they are, I suppose if you go to the Ryanair recruitment page, um, there must be one well, that's um, true. somewhere yeah, that you can absolutely. apply there for must, a job there. Someone. I mean, I, I mean, as I say, I mean, they're, they're, I, 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 I'm pretty sure there's probably worse people you could work for. Mm. Let's be honest. You know, there's plenty of bad employers out You'd there. You'd be quite busy. There is not one of them. At least you, you wouldn't have to worry about learning different aircraft because you would well, they're be all the same. Mind you, well, you no, 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 because you've got the Max Two Hundreds as well, so there will be on oh, the Max Eight. Uh, Max Eight. Sorry, uh, Ryanair again. Yeah. yeah. Which are, um, I knew it was a Mac something. Max, yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll t- look, that's good enough for me. All right. <laughs> Actually, do you know what, Matt? I, you know, I stood next to and went on board one of the uh, Fly Dubai's Max um, eights. At oh, the listen, air listen show. to him name dropping here. No, and, and I'll tell you I've what. Been to the Dubai if you, <laughs> if you, if you, honestly, Matt, if you stood next to him, unless you sort of didn't look at the engines and you just right. walked on board, you wouldn't notice a lot, hell of a lot of difference. Oh, really? That okay. and a and a, and and a, a Dash eight hundred. Yeah, right, okay. yeah. They're very, very Fair similar. Enough. Very mm-hmm. similar. So moving on to the next story, and uh, as uh, always, it's uh, it's a posh English story for uh, Mr. Bounds. Oh, yes, it is. But of course, as usual, there's some trouble with oh. British Airways. <gasps> really, that's and shocking. This is actually written by Simon Calder, the travel correspondent oh, dear. of the Independent, someone who I'm hoping to interview soon. Woo-hoo. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, more uh, more uh, news about so that. So it's, it's safe to say he's usually a fairly reliable and informed source, then. He is, he is. Mm. And he says that you're only buying the flying. That's the deal when you book a basic economy ticket on British Airways. To qualify for BA's lowest fares on domestic and European flights, you surrender the right to check in a bag and pre-select a seat. And from the 12th of September, December, sorry, you'll be the last to board the plane. What? On that day... BA brings in a group boarding system to further improve the customer journey, in inverted commas. <laughs> Your boarding pass will be marked with a group number between one and five, the priority enjoyed by elite-grade frequent flyers and business-class travellers, as well as families with young children, will continue. The significant change is in economy. Up until midnight on the 11th of December, for boarding purposes, all BA's economy passengers are created equal, but from the following morning, some will be less equal than others. Anyone who has a ticket from the cheapest category, basic economy, will be assigned to Group 5. 
they will be the last to board, making what some have called a walk of shame along the aircraft aisle. If walk of shame seems a touch emotive to describe an airline's move to reward higher spending passengers, it is mooted compared with some of the backlash, which is which even invoke the Bible. So the rich shall be first with the poor last, was one early response, adding, with apologies to Matthew 2016. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just after quarter past eight. Oh, something like that, yeah. <laughs> Other helpful suggestions included, why not let the poor travel in the hold, along with, I hope the attendants also ring bells and yell, shame, 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 as you board. A minority <laughs> took an opposing view, wondering why anyone would want to be inside a cramped aircraft cabin for a moment longer than necessary. Martin tweeted that he is positively looking forward to boarding last and gloating that everyone else paid more. I love the feeling of strolling on last and saying, hi, I'm here. Can we leave now? And then shattering the dreams of the person who thought that they'd got an uh, empty seat next to them. That's actually quite true. VA's decision to end free food and drink on European flights in economy class, which came into effect this year, generated similar passengers. Furious responses to tra straightforward commercial decisions might appear negative for BA, but in a market where short-haul air travel is so commoditized and competition so ferocious, I imagine BA will be heartened to see people care so much about its every move. Um, it goes on a little bit, but basically this, they're trying to have a, a better way of boarding. But I've got to say, I do <laughs> think that people like Lufthansa have got the, the right idea where they seem, I don't know if it's still the case now, but they used to board uh, all the window seats first, then all the aisle seats mm. first, sorry, then all the middle seats first, then the aisle seats last from back to front. And that seemed to work quite well last time I, I flew them. But uh, obviously this is all about status and, and how much you pay for the ticket and what your status is. <sighs> so uh, so uh, it'll uh, be interesting to see whether people get more and more complaints about it. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, obviously we have a very active chat room, I'm pleased to say, this evening. So uh, I'm going to throw the floor open to our chat room, I think. Uh, what, is, what is everyone's thoughts on, uh, on, on said statement? We'll perhaps come back to that later, yes. Uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, apologies for the pinging noise in the background. We do have a slight problem here because we are in a 17th century barn and one of the batteries in the smoke <laughs> alarm, which is beyond <laughs> our reach, I'm afraid, Literally has beyond decided our reach here. that uh, it's had enough. So apologies, there is a little chirping noise in the background uh, of which there is nothing we can do about. So we, are, we know it's there, but... I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. We can't get at it. <sighs> but but to make things a little bit better, uh, we've obviously got Matt Caton in the chat room, mm. and uh, Matt is going to come. He's coming to our 200th show okay. in uh, at London at the very Sim, good. and uh, Matt is busy brewing uh, a oh, yes, PTUK 200th show uh, IPA special ale. So yeah, if you're there, ale. you will be nice. able to enjoy yeah. it. Yes, absolutely. So moving on to the next story, and Doctor Steph, this one is specially for you. Excellent. And of course, as you were coming over to me, I had a little notice on my screen that says your internet connection is poor. So oh, good. I apologize <laughs> if uh, it's not sounding real great. Someone just wave at me. Audio is brilliant. Yeah, yeah audio audios is, is all fives currently, but we'll see what happens far away. <laughs> all right. All right. So this story is from abcnews.go.com. It says, inside the Thanksgiving mad dash at Charlotte Douglas International Airport. So a local uh, article for me here. 
Uh, more than two dozen men and women circle up, their arms rotating behind and in front of them in a series of stretching exercises. It's the calm before the storm for the baggage handlers at Charlotte Douglas International Airport. Stretching does make a difference, said Laura Sabatino, a physical therapist for American Airlines at Charlotte Douglas International Airport. I didn't realize they employed physical therapists, but that's kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> nobody realizes how physical the job is, uh, the jobs in the uh, airport industry are. I mean, they're lifting over and over all day. Three minutes after a plane arrives at the gate, these workers are tasked with quickly unloading and loading passengers' luggage. Everything has to be done in 120 minutes, otherwise we don't make our time, said Frank Frasca, a maintenance worker for American Airlines. And the rush is on in Charlotte to get passengers into the air and on to their Thanksgiving plans. The airport, commonly simply known as CLT, which is the airport code and kind of stands in for Charlotte in general is the they say it's the ninth busiest in the u.s i think last year was actually like the fifth busiest and second biggest hub for american airlines uh airport officials are expecting to serve more than 130,000 passengers this past wednesday alone nationwide uh, tsa plans to screen more than 26 million passengers and crew at airport checkpoints a five percent increase over last year uh, many airline employees like pilots flight attendants and gate agents are regularly seen by flyers uh, but there are others who are working equally hard over the holiday, baggage and cargo handlers, mechanics and cleaners. Before most passengers even arrive at the gate, maintenance workers are checking cabin pressurization, air conditioning, electrical, hydraulic systems, and even the tray tables and overhead bins. We'll analyze and decide how much time it takes to fix it, whether or not we have the parts, and we'll fix it if we can, said uh, Brett Ebert, an inspector for American Airlines. Decision needs to be made quickly because there's always another plane coming and the gate may be needed. So... Basically, just a story about, yes, this is the busiest time of year for travel here in the United States, mm -hmm. Thanksgiving weekend. Um, the Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, and the Sunday after, I think, are the two busiest days. So, Cause, I mean, it's, it's a crazy time of year, isn't it? In fact, actually, I mean, I, I, I remember somebody actually saying to me once that uh, it, it's it's a much bigger deal for, for you guys than, say, Christmas is here. I mean, we, we, we have our sort of similar sort of thing where Christmas, everybody goes away or, or goes to visit family or whatever. But for, for you, really, it's Thanksgiving, isn't it, where, where that happens? Yeah, thanks, Thanksgiving tends to be the, the busier travel weekend mm. just because Christmas and New Year's, I think there's a lot more flexibility in when people actually are taking days off. Um, Thanksgiving holiday, for a lot of folks, they're just off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So they know they have those four days. Everyone leaves on Wednesday. They come <laughs> back on Sunday. And it's it's just a big travel Nightmare, uh, big basically. Travel nightmare, absolutely. So yeah. it says the story says, Steph, that Ameri this Americans, one of their biggest bases. I'm guessing that Americans sort of have the monopoly at, uh, at Charlotte. They do, and I think you may have found out something about that recently, yeah. Carlos. Yeah. But yes, uh, they they definitely have uh, the majority of the gates at um, Charlotte Douglas. Uh, you know, um, gosh, I mean, there's there's plenty of airlines that fly in and out of there. They're kind of relegated to one or two of the terminals and then American Airlines has like the other three or four. That's all right. It won't, so. it won't mm. hurt for Carlos to go cattle class once in a while. He'll manage. <laughs> fine. He's a bit used um. to getting sort of special treatment, this boy, so it won't hurt for him to feel what, you know, we can actually have an interesting Nev's passenger experience out of him if, 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 if it sort of goes according to plan. So. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Show, re show research, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. This is the thing. Yes, you go and see how, how the rest of us have to do it in economy, Carlos. I only got champers on the way out. Oh, did you on the way out to dubai i only had champagne i didn't have anything else and and i, I suppose we have to, to to blame father christmas for that do we <laughs> well, no right. no okay no, yeah it whatever. was mary oh christmas 
Oh, I haven't got a soundboard here. Oh dear, damn! Yeah. You lo- you left your soundboard at home? No, I haven't. I sold my soundboard. Oh, I got to get a new one. Oh, hallelujah! Oh, I know. Oh, I'm It'll so be happy. back. It will be back. Trust oh. me for the Christmas show. No, don't, don't feel obliged. Anyway, uh, so th- moving on to <laughs> the next story. And a few weeks back, some of you may remember if you were listening to the show that we were talking about a certain kind of uh, Chinese style eBay site that was selling a couple of um, well, a couple of seven four sevens really. Um, as Which, you do. I know. <laughs> well, they, it turns out that, uh, well, they have sold. The, uh, the They eventually sold, in the end, the two Boeing 747s planes uh, that were sold on the Chinese online platform Ta- Taobao. I think it's Taobao, it's called. Yeah. Uh, for the price of $48 million. Uh, the planes were previously owned uh, by cargo company Jade Cargo International, but were seized by a court in the Chinese city of Shenzhen. What? And then uh, after they filed for bankruptcy in 2013, they will now be owned by Chinese cargo airline company SF Airlines, who outbid 25 other buyers, according to Chinese state media outlet. Um, can't pronounce that. That begins with X. Uh, the auction that gathered over 800,000 thousand viewers blimey uh the planes have been put up or put up for auction uh offline six times since october 2015 but failed to find buyers until now left with no choice the courts decided to put them up for sale online in september uh, september we ran the story that's a few right. a few okay. months ago uh this is the first time jets have been sold via an online auction in china uh, almost all courts in China have registered uh, uh, on Taobao's platform since 2012. Some 330,000 objects from the courts have already been auctioned off for a hefty $69.6 billion. Last year, a Boeing 747 was also listed for sale on eBay for $299,000, <laughs> though it was not in working condition with its engines removed right. and the electrical components having been stripped off. Essentially, it was a shell for sale. Okay, good. Uh, according uh, to Boeing, a 747 typically sells for at least $386 million. But if you've always wanted to get your hands on a 747, fret not. There is still one Boeing 747 available on Taobao. The court originally came into possession of the three airliners, though only two have managed to sell. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you very briefly there. Sorry, the, the lovely Liz has just said something that's caught my eye in the championship. Oh, well. She said, I wonder if uh, Don the pre-guy died, guy did a pre-inspection <laughs> of the 747s before they were sold. <laughs> oh, he, he could, could have, yeah, actually. Well yeah, have yeah. You never know, yeah. Don, keep in touch. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's unclear if another auction will be held for the third aircraft, but... Uh, it still remains listed on Taobao's auction page. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I mean we, obviously we've had stories and stuff, and people have probably seen stories where people do buy uh, ex-airliners and use them as homes and garages well, yeah. and, uh, and stuff like that. So if you've got the room and you can <laughs> fit uh, a 747 fuselage in your garden, Nev... And on behalf of... <laughs> Gemma, hmm. Mr. Stebbings, I'm just going to say no. Uh, Carlos, that is the word. Oh. No, you may not have one. I did. Yeah. I actually, I did I, a few weeks back. I did run up by her just to ask if I could have the uh, the cockpit of a 737 in Why? the garage. Why did you even but, bother? Why? Yeah. <laughs> you already know the answer. You don't. The, the answer was my gardening equipment um, is more important. Oh, okay, so, fair enough. Yes, yeah. I think she's probably right. I wasn't going to argue. No, no, I, I wouldn't. No, argue. no. Have you, you? You have met Gemma, obviously. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> Indeed, do as you're told. Anyway, <laughs> so moving on to yeah. uh, to the next story then. And uh, yeah, Matt, this one is for you. Uh, yes, indeed. So this is on the Quartz website, slightly unusual. And the headline is, uh, China has flown its first flight to the US powered partly by used cooking oil. Hmm. But that, that, that smells like chips. Uh, a, a little over two years ago, China's Hainan? 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 Anyway, uh, we, we'll say Hainan for the moment. Uh, China's Hainan Airlines flew 156 passengers with the help of cooking oil from Shanghai to Beijing. Now, the same carrier, which is already China's biggest private airline by both market size and fleet size, flew passengers much further on cooking oil blended aviation fuel. Uh, Hainan Airlines Boeing 787, carrying 186 passengers and 15 cabin crews, took off from Beijing and landed in Chicago. Chicago's O'Hare International Airport on Tuesday, this was the 21st of November, uh, the first time a Chinese airline conducted an international flight with the fuel. The blend, which is 15% waste cooking oil, uh, and or cooking fuel, sorry, it says here, and the rest uh, from normal jet fuel, came from Zenon Refining and Chemical, an oil manufacturer based in eastern China. According to the state news outlet China Daily, uh, the manufacturer is a subsidiary of state owned oil giant China Petrochemical, also known as Sinofec. A senior engineer with Zenon told state news agency a word I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce, that the company could collect and process 100,000 metric tonnes of waste cooking oil from restaurants every year. Cooking oil, a biofuel since it's made from oil seeds, is a cleaner burning power source compared to petroleum diesel, a traditional jet fuel. Uh, using biofuels can cut an airline's carbon emissions by up to 80% compared to using traditional diesel. Biofuels can also be produced from virgin vegetable oil, but uh, in this case, Zenon was using restaurant waste. Reusing wa uh, waste cooking oil as a biofuel could divert waste from landfills and sewer pipes, where restaurants and cafes sometimes dump it. Uh, so the president of Hanan Airlines, uh, who was also the captain of, nearly th of the nearly 30 hour flight said that the plane ran smoothly and that the overall performance was very stable. Uh, several airlines already operate commercial flights using biofuels or plan to do so soon. United has been using <laughs> biofuel for regular scheduled commercial flights since last year. In September last year, KLM Royal Dutch Airlines, the flagship carrier of the Netherlands, also introduced that it were also announced sorry, that it would be uh, operating biofuel flights out of Los Angeles. Uh, in January, uh, Cathay Pacific, the flagship carrier of Hong Kong said that it would use biofuels on flights to the US starting in 2019. Something has obviously tickled your <laughs> yeah. fancy there, Carlos. Yeah, the uh, chat room has been, been quite interested by this story. Uh, Big Ron just said, uh, quite a good point actually, that the yeah. chemtrails will smell like chips. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> yes. we all love a chemtrail. What, what do you think of this story, Nev? Well, there's always, they're trying to um, find new ways of um finding alternative fuels aren't they for aircraft because obviously it's the big one the biggest cost if not is, the yeah. biggest cost uh, of operating a commercial aircraft so there's always creative things out there and um there's all sorts of things that we we might see in the next 10 or 20 years that I think. is true and, yeah uh, yeah yeah but yeah i mean I, I don't know if the, cause the trouble is is like somebody you know because obviously the, this is made from a bioproduct essentially that that is that no, can it is be grown, but of course, can, yeah. But can you imagine? Yeah, okay. In this case, it's a, but can you imagine the amount of land 
land required to be able to grow the biofuel yeah. to be able to even just yeah. keep the aeroplanes in the air, let alone cars and goodness knows what else. I mean, there's, you know, there's only so much land short of you know populating another planet. And, and turning that into nothing but a massive biofuel, uh, I mean, I don't really know, you know, how much of a future. I mean, but, it's a great idea, and certain, certainly, if you're using waste product, that's got to be better than being in landfill. But surely, you know, the to goodness, it, w- there just isn't the land available to, to to do it completely on an organic level. I mean, I don't know if anybody has uh, anything to add to that. Oh no, I was just thinking that's probably why it's going to be, uh, you know. Hopefully, maybe more of the reuse, um, recycle mm. philosophy as opposed to having to grow all your own new biofuels. Um, just makes me think of like Back to the Future, though. You know, we're going to have airplanes with the, you know, garbage container. You just stuff your banana peels <laughs> yeah, in there yeah, and it'll fuel yeah. the airplane for. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Well, I, I, I mean, I've, I've thought for many years that every car should come with a flux capacitor, but that's just my. Glenn, actually, Glenn Tyler's yeah. just said in the chat room that some of the plants they want to use can live in the desert, and there's lots, really? of, there's lots of desert. That is a good point. There's no doubt that's about good. that. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah that is a good yeah. point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> Big Ron is <laughs> God. Big Ron is, he, is he Big on Ron is today, on is form yeah. tonight is in the chat room. Big Ron's just said, "I bet everyone in the street says, Ooh, I just fancy a bag of chips.'" As the seven four seven flies over, <laughs> he goes flying over you. <laughs> I'm not opposed to you know having the smell of fried foods in the air all the time. That sounds sounds kind of good. Right. Yeah, I right. Fear, I fear as long as they're chicken nuggets. Chips. Yeah, absolutely. I do fear, Jim. Uh, I do fear, unfortunately, that uh, Steph, that perhaps you might be in the minority there. I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. Uh, I love French fries. Yeah, but oh, well, it did. Well, no. yes. We had those for tea, Matt. We did. Indeed, um, yeah. So moving on uh, to the next story, <laughs> and uh, Nev, this one's for you. Uh, yeah, this is from the AirlineGeeks.com website, and it's all about the uh, California Pacific Airlines, who planned uh, to launch again. And they were recently certified by the FAA as a scheduled air carrier. According to the San Diego Reader, the announcement came on November the 16th at a meeting for shareholders and supporters of the airline. This is one of the first pieces of good news since the airline was proposed back in 2013. The airlines hope to fly to six destinations with up to 15 flights daily from its planned main hub at McKellen Paloma Airport in Carlsbad, California. Planned destinations include Las Vegas, Phoenix, Sacramento, Oakland, San Jose and Cabo St. Lucas, uh, Mexico. The airline, some to, sometimes referred to as CP Air, hopes to be flying by April 2018. Along with the announcement of receiving an FAA certification, the airline also announced that it had pur- purchased Sky Value Airways, a small Denver, Kennesaw, uh, Georgia-based uh, carrier and charter airline. Sky Value Airways serves small Midwest, Midwestern towns out of Denver and runs charters for the NCAA Major League Soccer and NASCAR teams. CPR currently has five Embraer ERJ145 jets and has options to purchase two Embraer ERJ170s. The 145s will feature 44 seats instead of the 50 seats typically seen on this type. This will allow for greater passenger comfort. And California Pacific Airlines was launched in 2009 by businessman Ted Vallis. Original plans to start operation were set for late 2011 but pushed back until the fall of 2012 due to certification delays from the FAA. Due to even more delays from the FAA, review dates for the airline's Part 21, uh, 121 certificate 
were pushed back until 2014. Following the further delays, the airline returned its single Embryo ERJ-170 to manufacture and reported that employees had been furloughed. Until recently, not much news had come from the airline, but this recent announcement gives the impression that the airline is close to truly taking off. Although the airline has struggled to get off the ground, only time will tell how they will end up doing so on the operational side of things. And according to Ted Vallis, he wants the airline to run like the former Southwest Pacific Airlines, uh, sorry, Pacific Southwest Airlines, PSA, and claims that they will not be marketing as a low-cost carrier. In a quote, Vallis said, we're not a feeder airline, we'll fly people to the destinations and then fly them back home. Um, isn't that what you do? <laughs> um the airline already looks to have some competition from Elite Airways on the route to Las Vegas from Carlsbad. Caljet by Elite started flights in late September 2017 on a CRJ-700 aircraft. Doesn't that show, though, how, from a commercial point of view, if you haven't got the, the certification from the FAA or CA or whatever country you're in, um, it has a major impact on the airline's commercial operation. And as it said in the article, you know, people end up being laid off or, or the whole operation gets delayed. So it's, uh, it's really critical that uh, mm. you get the, uh, the certification for the operation. Actually, I just looked on to see uh, California Pacific Airlines website, and it's currently under construction. Is it? Oh, so yeah. it is. It is. Mm. Yeah, it's a work it's, in progress. Though, it is. Very much so, is yeah. this an airline you've heard of, Steph? Uh, not the new one, no. No. So, but yeah, uh, well, well, I don't know anything about it to be honest. But the the old one, the former PSA, um, I never flew with them or anything, but I'm familiar with them, so. Uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, I should just apologise for the beeping that's going on in the background. It is, I'm afraid, something that is currently <laughs> beyond our control in our 17th century location. Well, uh, it isn't if we had a had a if we had gun. a big ladder or a, or a, maybe an air rifle that would work. Yeah, quite that would well. work. Yeah, I, I, I would tolerate it being shot down right now if anybody has a handy 12 bore. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. And uh, 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 the next story is uh, for you, Steph. Yes, and actually, I think some of uh, Nev's points about. Um, Air, specific aircraft types or um, you know, the commercial side of things, having the right certifications in place kind of plays mm. well into this, or at least my questions about this article. Um, but I'm going to try and uh, also read this one with the um, inflection that I think the uh, author was trying to put into some of the, uh, <laughs> into the headline and, and other things. So this is from the dailystar.co.uk. It says, oh, no. orders fly in for supersonic oh. 1,687 mile per hour new Concorde, which will fly next year. They're very excited about that. And I think the answer to that is no. <laughs> um, major <laughs> For a yeah. lot of the reasons. I, like I, should, I should just stress that apologies, because anybody in the UK here will know what a quality newspaper the Daily Star actually is. Daily Star. Is. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, and for, 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 for want of a better word, basically there isn't a single picture on that homepage that I can show because it's either <laughs> highly offensive or uh, it's got Piers Morgan on it, and there's many reasons why mm. I don't want to show any pictures involving Piers Morgan. <laughs> anyway, carry on, carry on, sir. Yeah. All right, so this is a quality article. Oh, saying. very much so, yes. Yes. Uh, so, uh, interesting, though. Major airlines are flocking in with orders for a new supersonic airliner faster than Concorde that takes off next year. Uh, nearly 80 orders have been placed for the Boom Jet, B-O-O-M, which will take passengers from New York to London in just three hours and 15 minutes. The Boom supersonic airliner is also in talks with another 20 carriers, with that number tipped to swell after it featured at the Dubai Air Show. 
Uh-oh. Ah, now we know why. Now I guess say now we know why you picked this story, don't we? Actually, I'm going to interrupt yes, you yes. very briefly there, Steph, because we've actually got yes. a one. We've got the video. There's a video that's attached to it uh, that we have been given okay. permission to play out. So it's only a minute long. So we'll just play it out and see what uh, see see what you make of it. Make of this article. A Colorado-based startup company called Boom has revealed a small-scale prototype of its high-speed passenger plane, which has been described as a modern version of the Concorde. The aircraft is reportedly being designed to carry more than 40 passengers and fly at up to 1,450 miles per hour. This rate is considered to be around 2.6 times the speed of current carriers and is projected to cut the flight time from New York to London by half to about 3.5 hours. One of the partners in the venture is Virgin Group, headed by Sir Richard Branson. Branson has been quoted as saying, We're excited to have an option on Boom's first 10 airframes. The current scaled-down XB-1 demonstrator model is expected to fly by the end of next year, while a full-scale version is being aimed for service by 2020. The cost of a ticket is expected to be around $5,000. That really is a lot of money. But, I mean, it's quite cool. Can I just say something about all that? Uh Um, (laughs) um, I know a bit of a Concorde nuisance i know but um <laughs> concord flew at 1350 miles an hour and did new york to london in uh, less than three and a quarter hours uh, okay at uh, mac 2 so okay. i don't know who's doing the calculations on this and obviously L- um, london to new york is a little bit longer because you're going against the wind but yeah. uh, something doesn't quite seem right with this you're not you, you, you don't think the numbers are up to uh, up to scrutiny then perhaps <laughs> really no, no okay no. all right but, but yeah. still it is it is in, in the reason i think why why we're sort of covering it is because it is a, a fascinating concept and i still i know i know i've said this loads of times before i never really understood what i know they were tired airframes and stuff but i'm amazed that they wasn't a Concorde 2 do you know what I mean lined up ready to take over because they never had trouble filling the damn thing it's not like it was ever flying around empty it's um, uh, all about politics politics about oh yeah. right all, all it was I'm but afraid, can't sadly. one company can't one country and one country just do it and like no no <laughs> anyway Steph carry on with the story yeah yes sorry I was just distracted by Steph out of the uh, screenshot there for a moment. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so the boom passenger. <laughs> let me, jet, let me guess. Father Christmas. Uh, <laughs> your guess would be correct. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, it seems that Taco has been. Um, Dana had a toy for Taco and he has been methodically destroying it right. and ripping very stuff out. Very efficient. So this was <laughs> off. Very good. Well done, Taco. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> um, carrying on. The boom passenger jet will hold 55 passengers with a mini version called the Boom XB1 set for its debut test flight by the end of 2018. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Look what's happened. <laughs> I pay no attention to what's going on behind me. Okay. Really, All right. Yeah. Good I luck. Anyway, good luck. Find your place. Yeah. Yeah. Find your place. Here we go. <laughs> Didn't know we were doing episode 300 today. Yeah. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow, you're okay. You're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. Reaching speeds of 1,687 miles per hour, so that's actually 200 miles per hour faster than they quoted in that video that you played out. But um, mm. the jet is tipped to fly uh, passengers across the Atlantic from 2023. Uh, Boom Supersonic is now looking for a manufacturing site. I also find it interesting that they actually don't know where they're going to be producing it. Mm. Um, after launching the process at a recent 
air show in Dubai, where they revealed they re- received 76 orders. That's on my end. Sorry, I don't know what that noise is. <laughs> <laughs> so many jokes. Uh, I, but I'd just remind, like to remind everyone that this is, in fact, a family show, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Family show. Carry on. Trouble, good luck. trouble has turned up. Yes, I think it might, it might have turned up in many forms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I might have to lock the door. <clears throat> good luck, everyone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway... Um, yeah, they're looking for a manufacturing site. They're hoping to find one in the Middle East, um, hoping to find a site where they can build 100 jets a year. Uh, a stumbling block still stands in the way of the new Concorde, uh, as supersonic air travel is still illegal over the U.S. The ban is in place due to the deafening sonic boom caused by the former Queen of the Skies. I think they've got their reference to the airplane type wrong there. <laughs> not sure which Queen of the Skies they're referring to. Careful. That was Fam- not the Again, Concorde. family show, ladies and gentlemen. Family show. Uh- <laughs> and... Um, but they think that that a uh, ban will be lifted, so ah. tickets will cost the same as today's business class business class fares, and also claims the sonic boom will be thirty times quieter than Concords. So all I'm, kinds. Of I'm very sorry. I'm, everybody's saying in the chat room, ignore that man. Legendary Jeff Carlos has put in here. Bless him. I don't know what he wants. Uh, but it, there's so many funny things here. It's like one of these is, is Dana is Dana operating a retirement home for the bewildered? Richard King is asking. Here. <laughs> uh, I think that might be. Uh, yeah, it might might be appropriate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah, still, never mind. Uh, yeah. No. Anyway, so, that's, that's the gist of that. So it's uh, safe to say, so. if they do pull this off. That's you, what she said. You, yeah, indeed. Um, it's uh, it's Cold. it's going to be a, a, a fairly um, interesting aircraft. It's going well, and, and do you know the one name that was mentioned during that 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 really made my ears prick up? Actually, was uh, the phrase. Uh, Richard Branson uh, mm, because yeah, yeah. to be honest with you he does have a reputation certainly here in the UK and I'm sure around the world where he if you want something he'll, if you want something doing yeah. he is the man to sort it so yeah. it, you know I do think it is um, you know it, it's, it's the way for actually Glenn Towner said NASA is working on a quieter sonic boom which is interesting um, wouldn't surprise me yeah absolutely mm. <laughs> <laughs> Nev, you are a very you're you're a very charming man, aren't you? Steph is the youngest person there by some thirty years, is what he said. Well, that's very true. Yeah, absolutely. So, 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 so anybody who is listening to the show, I should just warn you that uh, uh, we do have the lovely Doctor Steph here. Unfortunately, they have all gathered at Dana's house, uh, and preparations for the three hundredth episode APG show is very much underway. So, um, and they're not letting they it's they they keep interfering with her. He says, "Family show." Uh, <laughs> I, I apologize. For all of that, <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm going. Indeed. Anyway, so, moving so, on. Yes, the uh, next story is on the cnnmoney.com oh. website, and um, the Boeing headline is Boeing's 797. That sounds weird to say that. Yeah, uh, takes a big step forward. Uh, becoming into becoming reality. So, what happens when they run out of when that they when a, they get to the seven nine nine? What happens after that? Is it just the eight hundred? N- no, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, Boeing's new seven nine seven has taken a big leap forward uh, in becoming a reality. The aerospace giant has named one of its top engineers to a leadership team responsible for the formation of what is likely to become its first all-new airliner since the uh, since the 787 Dreamliner. Boeing has moved company veteran and 777X chief project engineer Terry Beeshold to the new 797's team. Uh, the company confirmed, and Boeing has not yet assigned roles for members of the team. Boeing uh, hasn't yet given the green light to build the small twin-aisle airplane, which will seat between 230 
225 and 270 passengers. Though the company in September formally created a program office to oversee the possible development. Uh, Bees Hold is the second executive Boeing has publicly named uh, to uh, the team. The other is the program office's uh, vice president. Um, the jet is whatever, truly named the uh, new mid-market airplane, but has already been dubbed the Boeing 797 by prospective customers. The airplane would be larger than Boeing's biggest single-aisle 737 MAX jet, but would not have the flying endurance of its 787 Dreamliner. Airlines want to re uh, relieve congestion on busy routes currently flown with smaller jets. Analysts uh, estimate the 797 project will cost between $10 billion and $15 billion to develop and the aeroplane would, uh, would not be ready until 2024 or 2025. Uh, Bees Hold is a long-time company veteran who in 2011 was in charge of developing new tools and processes to significantly reduce the cost of designing and manufacturing airliners. That work was put into action developing the 777X, which is manufactured using significantly uh, more automation than previous Boeing airliners. Now, it will definitely be interesting to see quite where this uh, aircraft fits in in the market, being a, mm. a, a small twin aisle aircraft. Um, it's going to kind of, I don't know, it's, it says it's going to fit in between the, the 78 and the 737, so I don't know, it's going to kind of be like a. Uh, what do, a sort of twin R seven five seven Nev? Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, every time you say that to me or something like that, I, I, I it's just like my school teacher at work saying, "Right, uh, bound." So, so, what do you think about this then? <laughs> I haven't been paying attention. Um, but um, yeah, I think that there's always lots of um, what I would call intermediate kind of um, aircraft re required as well, isn't there? And I think mm. that's. When they built the seven five and seven six sevens, yeah. In fact, uh, actually, that fitted Graham right Ho in the middle of that quite nice. Yeah, Graham Holly, uh, Graham Haley, sorry, in the in the chat room is saying sounds like a seven seven five seven update, basically, uh, which Glenn Taylor is agreeing greening with. Everyone yeah. else is them commenting on our wonderful smoke alarm. Let's go, Glenn Parp chip yes uh, uh, we have a new per new person in the chat room by the way Ooh, uh, very that? good evening to enlan warn uh, he says first time in the chat room evening all so hello call me neil hello neil hello neil uh, i need How to are change you? my my change my where Google whereabouts is neil i don't know i don't know is he in the uk is he in the world i where dare is say that uh, information will be forthcoming on that matter Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so moving on to the next story matt this one is for you indeed this is on the uh, if i can just uh, uh, i'm good on my own thank you sorry it's all right i've got an ad blocker on it's the the fatal mistake it's on, on the av web yeah it's on the av web is the yeah. head is the website and the headline is airline uh, nope <laughs> Airbus A350-1000 has officially been certified, which Ooh. is great news. So it's a short story, uh, but the latest model from the Airbus, the A350-1000, is now certified by both the FAA and the ESAA, the company said on Wednesday. The airline is a stretched version of the A350XWB airliner. Uh, the 1000 features the Rolls-Royce Trent XWB-97 engines, adding more power than earlier versions as well as 
main landing gear with six wheels. The fuselage is stretched 23 feet, adding space for 40 more seats and uh, a total of 366 passengers in the standard three-class configuration. With extra capacity plus an 8,000 uh, is it nautical miles, I assume? NM, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, I am yeah. learning. Get me. Uh, <laughs> the new rate is well... I'm so rubbish at aviation. I'm very sorry, everyone. Uh, the, new, the new airplane is well-equipped to handle busy, long-haul routes, Airbus says. Uh, first delivery is planned before the end of the year to uh, Qatar Airways. Qatar. Qatar. Anyway, uh, the airplane first flew last November. Since then, three A350 1000 flight test craft aircraft have accumulated over six, uh, 1,600 flight hours. One of the jets flew 150 flight test hours in an airline like operational environment to demonstrate its readiness for entry into service, Airbus said. The, uh, the company says that it has orders in hand for 169 of the aeroplanes with 11 customers on five continents it's good news for uh, for airbus and mm. um obviously you were over in toulouse not so long back uh, with yes, with yes, owen I was, yes. uh, not far from where the uh, where the aircraft's being made yeah. and uh yeah i mean we've we've seen the obviously the, the a350 xwb um is in service with mm. a lot of airlines now across the globe and this one being the largest of the family mm. And uh, Liz quite rightly put points out in the chat room she can't wait to fly on an A350. And actually, all things aside, yes. I would also like to, as I've flown on the Dreamliner now a few times, I would also like to uh, to, to take a trip on the A350 and just see what um, mm. how it compares. Yeah, uh, indeed. To to the Boeing products. So um, very so, yeah. good. Yeah, absolutely. Nev, on your bucket list for um, yeah, for definitely. Yeah, I think those. Nice chaps at um, Finnair run uh, an A350 from Heathrow to Helsinki every day, or at least two or three, actually. So uh, I'm going to try and find a way of getting to Finland for a couple of days and uh, see if I can try it out. Um, but uh, sounds a very nice aircraft, actually. An update from Neil, by the way. Neil, Hello, Neil. I'm in rugby. I can usually be found at Birmingham or East Midlands airports. I run East Midland Airport Spotters and UK Small Airfields Group, uh, Airfields Group on Facebook. How Would did he find out? About us. Others. I don't know. Oh, how did you find out about us, Neil? Hey, hey, well, hey, well, you know, I don't know. You know, <laughs> lo- 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 lost the will to live. Usually oh, is, is he couldn't get to sleep one night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Be, be careful what you ask people for. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. We might not like the response. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A touch of insomnia white night, one night, and he, could, and he couldn't help himself. Anyway. So moving on <laughs> to the next story. And uh, Nev, this one is for you. This is on flightglobal.com and it says that Boeing has started final assembly of the third and smallest variant in the re-engined 737 MAX family. The first MAX 7 flight test aircraft is now loaded into a final assembly position inside Boeing's single aisle production centre in Renton, Washington. The airframer confirmed in a Twitter posting on the 22nd of November. Final assembly begins after a completed fuselage arrives from Spirit Aerosystems. Boeing manufactures the wings for the 737 MAX in a building adjacent to the final assembly hangars in Renton. 
CFM International ships Leap 1B engines, which are installed at the end of the final assembly process. The 737-7 with 138 to 153 seats in a two-class layout enters final assembly three years after Boeing achieved a similar milestone with the 162 to 189 seat MAX 8. That variant entered service in May. In December 2016, Boeing started final assembly of the first 178 to 193 seat MAX 9, which is on track to enter service next year. The airframer is also designing the 188 to 204 seat MAX 10. Though the smallest of the four major MAX variants, the 737-7 has the longest range, which is 3,825 nautical miles, which is 7,080 kilometres. And if you think about the range of these aircrafts, now with the uh, aerodynamic efficiency and more importantly, engine, engine efficiency, it's incredible the amount of range they've managed to s- squeeze out of these airframes. Agreed, yeah, absolutely. It does, it does beg the question though, Nev, how many different versions of this 737 are they going to... Are they going to keep producing? You know. Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think they they've squeezed th- this. I would imagine this is going to be the, the last series of variants because obviously the airframe is extremely old now in terms of its original design. There's been, there's been lots of updates and lots of stretches to it, and obviously engine improvements and winglets and all sorts of other bits and pieces and new avionics. But there's only so far they can go with, with what they've got. So at some stage, I would imagine they're going to have to complete redesign and, and, and call it something else. Yeah. It does prove a point, though, doesn't it, Nev, that the um, the 737 has been an absolute win for mm. Boeing. Um, Completely, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, Just, absolutely. you know, as, as well as the A320 has been, mm. you know, a massive, massive seller for Airbus. Yeah. And I don't think there's anyone in the in the world, I don't think, who's probably, you know, never not flown on a, on a 737 at some point in their lives. Yeah, so. true, true. So moving on to the uh, to the next story, and uh, it's uh, the last actually last story is for you, Steph. Yes, give me just a moment because now I've managed to lose it in all of the open. Uh... Oh, here we go. I got it. And actually, right. this, so this, this is, is a from... bit of a feel-good story. This one. Yeah, and it sounds like there's a video that you wanted to play along with it. Is that right, Matt? Yeah, am, am I playing Carlos? audio as well, Carlos? Or uh, well, just... we'll, we'll let Steph read the story first. Okay. Then we'll, then okay. we'll play the, we'll play the okay. video after. Right. Yeah. Sounds good. This is from the independent.co.uk, and the headline is, Passengers Turn Delayed Flight Into Airport Terminal Party. One flyer had a guitar, and another was equipped with an accordion. What are the odds of that? (laughs) So passengers waiting for a flight in Canada, maybe that has something to do with it, I don't know, Uh made the best of a bad situation by turning their airport delay into a big party. Two men armed with an accordion and a guitar led a round of songs and dancing at Toronto Airport when the flight's passengers discovered their journey to St. John's would be delayed by around 30 minutes. The crowd sang, Grey Foggy Day, Sweet Forget Me Not, and Music and Friends, together with a boy as young as 10 joining in. The party was caught in a series of videos uploaded by Michelle Sacri Philpot, who told CTV News that the gathering was just Newfoundlanders, Newfoundlanders, I don't know how to pronounce that correctly, and someone's going to (laughs) to, uh, correct me on that, I'm sorry, Canadians. (laughs) <laughs> having fun, enjoying each other's company. Music, culture, that's where our heritage is from, she added. Uh, the sing-along has been described as an old-fashioned, oh man, New, Newfoundlander, Newfoundlander kitchen party. Uh, Ms. Philpott said she had received emails from locals who are homesick or away from home telling her that the videos reminded them of Newfoundland. Sean Sullivan, playing the guitar, told CBC News that his friend uh, Sheldon Thornhill, playing the accordion in these kinds of situations, is a regular occurrence. 
anytime we're gathered around airports like that, he's often taking out his accordion just out of the blue and starts playing for people, he said. Fantastic. So what, what, what we'll do then is let, let's just see if I can... I think, after, I think after all the news that we've had in the, in the past sort of few months and stuff, you know, bad yeah. news this, bad news that, airlines doing this yeah. wrong, blah, blah, blah. It is nice to see that even, uh, you know, after everything that's happened this year, that um, you can still have a bit of a fun, yeah. even when you're being delayed. There we go. Exactly. It's, uh, yeah, the audio's not playing, I'm afraid. Or is it? Hang on. Is it playing? We don't know. Yeah, no, the audio yeah, isn't playing, but you can see. Um, yeah, you can just see the little video anyway. So it's like basically a sort of a feel-good uh, factor. They're busy. Uh, it's very sweet, really, isn't it? They're busy playing the accordion. Oh, it's a shame you can't have the, the, no, the audio. No, I don't know why the audio. The audio is, is quite good, actually. Is it? Yeah, if you uh, if you take yourselves over to the independent.co.uk mm. website, there are videos on there on the, uh, the news story: passengers turn delayed flight into airport terminal party. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's safe to say that it, it was it was quite nice music, actually. Bit of a uh, an accordion and uh, guitar playing, and um, yeah. Oh, there we go. Bit of audio there. <laughs> well, nearly, <laughs> nearly. <laughs> Sorry, it's the te the text letting me down a little bit this evening. It's not quite doing what it's supposed to, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's as you say, it can't be. Oh, there we go. Oh, it's now now it can't stop. <laughs> it won't stop <laughs> now. He can't, he can't get it to stop playing now. Anyway, anyway. Sorry, we, won't, we won't go on about that. So, you know, it's, it's nice to always end on a field. It's, it's a bit like the, the old ITN news. It was the old and finalies, wasn't it? I'll tell you what, quite a few years... No, uh, it really I, won't stop now. I can't stop it. No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's all gone horribly wrong. <laughs> ah, right. So, leading yeah. off from that story, a close, few... Close, uh, close, abort. A so, few <laughs> years back, actually, a few years back, I was, um, I was coming back through Luca Airport in Malta to come home. And uh, for those of you who have flown through Malta at Luca Airport, will know there's a huge grand piano in the departure lounge and uh, this was a few years back now and there was uh, a young uh, girl probably um, early teens and she was sitting at the piano playing um, oh, wow. the piano and it, the crowd of people that were standing there just like open mouthed like wow yeah, yeah. it was amazing and it, you know talent. it was yeah. real real talent I think uh, it's quite it's a good idea I think to lighten the mood at the airport yeah. gosh yeah because airports can be a bit sort of, stressful yeah because I thought Thanksgiving yeah. is a big thing in in Canada as well isn't it Canada <laughs> Canada <laughs> oh dear what honestly so that is where we bring the commercial news segment to a close. Have we got anything for the grey things this week? We have, we have got some grey stuff news coming, oh. especially for Mr. Warner, oh. coming up later on. We've oh. also uh, we've got uh, Nev's passenger experience segment coming up in just a moment. And so also obviously, because I haven't read the show notes, so what's happening next? You haven't yeah. got any read any show notes. <laughs> so what I'll do is I'll give you time to get Nev's passenger experience okay. segment ready. Oh. Is, is that what's next? Is yes, it? it is. Oh, enough. okay, good news. And uh, <laughs> for those of you who read the show notes that I send, 
send out each week. Uh, well, no, um, but no, uh, we've got uh, as I said, we've do you got send ne- it to listeners as well. No, I don't send oh, right. it to listeners. I should do really because <laughs> yeah. at least they'd read the show. Well, notes. that's true. Yes. So we have got uh, Nev's passenger experience coming up in just a moment. We've also got uh, the first of the interviews that I took at the Dubai Air Show a few weeks yes, back. Yes, 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 uh, yes. Coming up as well, and a bit of military news, sort of like in between there somewhere. Oh, okay. Um, so right. if you're ready, uh, Nev, uh, it's time mm. for you to introduce your amazing segment for this week's show. Thank you very much indeed. Well, of course, we all know what happens when we go on holiday. We'll all have a great time. But, of course, um, sometimes it doesn't go quite according to plan. And there have been situations, uh, Laker and Courtline in the past, where an airline has actually gone out of business and was unable to fly its passengers back home. So the UK CAA and many other uh, aviation authorities throughout uh, Europe and the world have put things into place to help people come back from their holidays should an airline go out of business. And of course, this is exactly what happened with Monarch Airlines. And so I've been speaking to one of my friends who had just that experience. Hello, and welcome to another Nev's Passenger Experience segment. Well, this week I'm speaking with a good friend of mine, Bushy Pearson. I've known Bushy for many years while she was working in the broadcast and audiovisual industries, and now she works as a business consultant. Her story is all about Monarch and how she and her daughter were able to get back from holiday after the airline went out of business and the British government had to organise many rescue flights home for the passengers. I began by asking her if she had a good time on holiday despite the difficulties that she faced. Went to Madeira for a week with my daughter, first holiday with her husband, that was fun. And uh, decided to go with Monarch only because the agent... um, uh, at uh, NatWest suggested that was as an alternative and quite a good deal so we thought yeah we'll try that um, flight was great out excellent service very smiley staff it was really great in fact it was quite interesting I was um, feeling a bit cold and I asked for a blanket and I was told we don't really have those but we can um, let you buy one for five pounds oh, and nice. that was fine okay. and actually i now think i'm probably one of the only people who owns a branded pack which includes a blanket and a neck rest and things like that but anyway it was it was great and and the flight out was excellent um holiday was superb uh, would highly recommend madeira um and then i had been watching um the news um feed and was a little concerned that it was saying the monarch was possibly going under but didn't really think much of it enjoyed my holiday um and then i realized i saw another news piece that said yep that's it uh, caa are going to intervene and don't worry they'll get people home and um i got a call from atoll and very nice call just to say um really concerned that you're worried do you know what's going on do you have any questions very nice chap, very clear um, kind of instructions as to what was going to happen, uh, nothing to worry about, they would get us back. Um, and so I you know, just thought nothing of it. And, and how far into your holiday were you aware that there might be a problem? Well, I was aware before we left that there was a potential problem, but I really didn't think much of it mm. because you know, I'd read things that this had happened previously with other airlines, there were things obviously going on with Ryanair, so I didn't really think much of that. Um, it was on day four that I started to think, hmm, maybe this is going to happen. And it was actually on day five that I got the phone call to say, yes, you know, there, there's an issue. 
we will get you back home. Don't worry. Continue to enjoy your holiday. Uh, we'll be in touch. Uh, watch the um, website. And of course, I had been watching the website. I got the call from NatWest. They said, is there anything we can do for you? Are you happy? And I said, yep, that's fine. Atoll have been on the phone, no problem. And then I was watching the website and I was concerned that no updates seemed to be happening on my flight. And I thought, well, that's okay. They said 48 hours before. Um, and then it changed to say 24 hours before we would be notified. Um, and then I thought, okay, maybe I need to consider looking at another hotel because we would need to move from our apartment. I checked and they'd said there's no further avail availability. And I wouldn't have been concerned had it not been for the fact that I had my daughter with me. And, you know, I thought, well, you know, I need to make sure that she's okay. Yeah. So I phoned Atoll and I said, can you just give me an update? We're now 10 hours away from flying and there's nothing on the website at all. I'm a bit concerned. And that experience was really quite poor. This girl has obviously had a lot of calls, I'm assuming, when I'm being really kind. And basically said to me I should stay up all night, watch the website every 15 minutes to see whether my flight came up. I should go to the airport even if the flight hadn't come up three hours before and there was nothing further she could do, which then worried me because I thought I'm going to end up arriving at an airport where there are thousands of other people all doing the same thing and not having a clue what's going on. And the advice by the CAA was very clear, do not go to the airport unless your flight details have come up. The flight eventually came up probably at around uh, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. I think it was something like that. I can't quite remember. Um, and we trotted off the airport. And I have to say the experience was really absolutely fine. Um, and one of the things I will never forget is feeling very proud when we were queuing, not really knowing, knowing what's going on, and I saw three high-vis jackets appearing. And on the back of them it said... Uh, British government mm, okay. and that was the time where I thought great you know we're being looked after and was it very chaotic at the airport um it wasn't chaotic from the point of view of of uh, British flights I didn't think it was because it's quite a small airport there seemed to be a lot of other people trying to get back home who I assumed maybe wrongly that it wasn't monarch mm. um but no it's I mean they seemed to be in control there was obviously there was an issue with the manifold, no, the manifest. Mm. The manifest. Passenger manifest. Yeah, yes. manifest yeah. coming over yeah. from Monarch. Um, so there was another delay of about 15 minutes. Um, but they handled that very carefully. They kept us informed. Um, I'd spent extra money on booking specific seats. So when I got to the front of the desk, I said to the young lady, um, you know, is there any chance of, of, you know, getting a particular seat? And she was great and said yes. So actually, we even got the seats that we'd booked on the Monarch flight, mm. which was great and it was a very smooth process there were no issues boarding was fine um and we left only 15 minutes later than we would have done with the monarch flight yeah that's pretty good isn't it yeah, yeah. and and being part of the biggest repatriation back to the uk that the government has undertaken since the war just you know felt a bit special really yeah. it's such a shame isn't it about monarch because everybody i've spoken to i mean we all know someone that's flown on monarch or maybe we've done ourselves and i remember it years ago and it was one of the better holiday package flights i always thought and all the staff were always very nice uh the, the crew the ground crew were great and did you have that experience as well uh, going out oh yeah i mean they were they were lovely um it was it, it was on time there were no issues at all the staff were charming there was a lot of smiling going on they couldn't do enough for you the communication was excellent 
um, you know, it was very clear. And what I find frustrating on flights is when you're listening and you have to try and listen really hard to understand what somebody's saying, either because it's crackling or maybe English isn't their first language. And, um, you know, that, that, that's sometimes a bit of a struggle. But actually, they, they were great. And, and the, the captain came on and chatted to us, and, and that was great. Um, I'm sure that captains all go to the same elocution school or something because they all sound the same, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but no, it was a really good experience. Um, so it's a real shame and I feel very sad for the staff and you know, everybody that's been affected by it. And I, I really hope they all find jobs because it's you know, a difficult market out there. Yeah, very much so. It's very competitive, isn't it? I'm, yeah. I'm sure. But uh, yeah, what, what a great shame. But uh, going back to previous experiences, what other, aircraft, what other um, airlines have you flown with over the years in your you know, professional uh, life as well? Uh, I've flown with Virgin, always great experience, British Airways. Um, in, in terms of professionally, I haven't done things like Ryanair or EasyJet, but I have done uh, for convenience to, to family home in Spain mm. um, with EasyJet and Ryanair. And, and um, yeah, I, I don't particularly like them. I um, wish there was uh, other choice in terms of the location I need to get to. Yeah, I tend to actually stick to main airlines, um, you know, the, the big boys. Um, don't tend to go for smaller airlines generally, so it's quite unusual for me to pick Monarch. Mm. But as I say, that was down to the travel agent suggesting it. Um, it was a convenient time. Good to speak to you again. Thanks for the chat. Thank you very much. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pay us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Flyby 5823 Trent Dane for 23R Manchester Wizz Air 6X Client Flight Level 210 Direct to Britman's Park United, one, two, three, maintain two, eight, zero knots. ever wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet? Looked up at the sky and thought, I wish that was me? Well now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator. 
NP Simulations and Flight Experience London, the only official Boeing-licensed product of its kind in the UK, offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed-base Boeing 737-800 Flight Simulator. And that's not all. Ground School London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation. With prices starting at just £109, the sky's the limit. So for the ultimate flight simulator experience or engaging preparatory courses, including those for schools and colleges, check out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 020 300 40 616. NP Simulation. Fly your dreams. As always, Nev, sterling work. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was uh, really enjoyable talking to Bushy, actually. And uh, yeah, but it was good that uh, she and her daughter got back um, at mm. uh, roughly the right time. She was going to come back anyway. I mean, it was a massive operation. It was. I mean, it's yeah. an awful story, obviously, because I mean, we all know Monica as, as a big airline. It was. I mean, it was just awful, awful, awful when that happened. Yeah. But it's actually nice to know that you know when things do go wrong, if you like, that the system works. You know, I mean, hopefully it's never tested, but in this situation it was. And I think, to be fair to all all parties involved, it worked very well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. definitely. Indeed. Uh, so, uh, Nev, I understand that you had rather a interesting experience mm. on an airliner. Because you went up north, didn't you, uh, during I the week? I did, yes. yes. On Monday, I went to Edinburgh uh, first thing in the morning, well, 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, on a BA 767, rather elderly one, actually. I think it's one of the most, or the the oldest ones in their fleet. Uh, but they're still keeping the things going. But uh, I just wondered whether uh, Adam Spink, our uh, ATC chum in the tower, happened to be working that day. So I sent him a quick uh, message to say, oh, are you around? He said, oh, yes, I am, actually. But you haven't got a slot time at the moment, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. No. <laughs> and uh, we, we pushed back off the gate at just after eight o'clock. But um, inevitably, that time in the morning, you, as you go tanking down to the other end of the uh, takeoff end of the runway from Terminal 5 mm. at Heathrow, which is a very long taxi, yeah. um, there's a lot of aircraft in front of us. And um, uh, But I noticed that we were taxiing at quite a high speed. I thought, oh, that's really? interesting. I wonder what, what, what that's all about. And uh, no sooner as I thought that, um, we turned on to uh, the runway itself at uh, Alpha 4, which is an intersection departure. Yeah. And uh, off we went and jumped the, the entire queue, uh, which was absolutely marvellous. But um, even more uh, surprising to me was about 10 minutes into the flight, the uh, person came up to me and she said uh, oh Mr Bounds I said yes and uh, Adam Thinking, uh oh you're in a, trouble a, 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 yeah, yeah <laughs> I was concerned at this yeah, point yeah. I thought oh this is yeah. not looking good at all yeah. but uh, she says yes your, your friend in the tower <laughs> says hello um, via, via the cockpit obviously um, and uh, the captain thanks you very much for such an expeditious departure <laughs> uh, which was really no really great way. and uh, I, I'm sure Adam broke all the rules in the, in the book well, well, maybe he didn't. I, I don't know. But we were on a 767. There's lots of lighter weight aircraft behind us. So that probably added another two or three minutes to their departure time because of the weight. Wow. Time. That's, kind of, uh, well, so, you see, it's so. just, I mean, at the, end, at the end of the day, it's not what you know. It's it who, is you, who know. you know, isn't it? Absolutely. Every time. So I've got to say that if I wasn't involved in this stuff that we all do yeah uh, that would never have happened so that <laughs> no, is absolutely absolutely. It's, a, it's a great story to well tell oh, a, a I, mu- I must say one does doth one's cap to to the 
legend that is Mr. Yeah, Spink. Mr. Spink, for, uh, well done. Uh, and, and thank you for ensuring that our fabulous co-host is, uh, you know, had a well looked after. Yeah, yes. It's a shame they can't yeah. help you on the way in, really. Is <laughs> well, that will uh, be pushing my luck a bit. But, so. well, oh, right. that, is a, that is a blinking awesome story. That is, that well is a done. wonderful story. We well should be done. dining out on that yeah. for weeks, no doubt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I hope I get... Can we all have that treatment? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So uh, we have, uh, we've got a bit of military news just oh, to really? wrap up. Uh, yeah, before we uh, okay. move on to uh, our next in, uh, interview that uh, yes. Dubai, um, but uh, yeah, it's only we've only got a few military stories. Okay, um, but uh, if everyone is ready, Matt. Yeah, I'm yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, ready. Descent, yeah. ready. Let's go. Yep. So the first military news story this week uh, is on Flight Global's website. And this one, the headline is Tupolev rolls out first remanufactured TU-160 bomber. Uh, now, this is um, something actually quite special. I remember uh, seeing one of these um, quite a few years back at uh, one of the air shows here in the UK. Mm. That's quite a few years back. That's when I was really young. And um, the uh, TU-60 was last produced in 2008, and the latest example is a key test of Tupolev's ability to restore final assembly. As well as modernising the aircraft with new avionics and engines, it has made extensive alterations to the existing airframe. Russia intends to produce 50 of the new build M2 standard TU-160s, with serial production to begin in 2023, according to local media reports. Tupolev intends to fly the first new build M2 variant in 2019, which will feature next-generation systems and new Kuznetsov's NK3202 power plants. Uh, separately, uh, sister United Aircraft Company Berev on the 18th of November performed the first flight of its A100 airborne early warning and control aircraft. Based on the Aleutian IL-76 MD-90A, uh, the latest version of the strategic transport, the new development is designed to replace the 1980s era A50. And, uh, I mean, seeing this with the huge radome on top is... Kind of weird it's a bit of a because, beast, isn't it? yeah, I mean, used to seeing these uh, without a huge radar on top, and uh, yeah, that uh, is quite impressive. But I must admit, it's it's um, quite uh, good to hear they're replacing the engines on the uh, the TU one sixty because I remember the seeing one of these uh, a video of one of these online, and they produce quite um, a, a large amount of smoke from the, oh, from really? the engines. Oh, yeah, on oh the, uh, from them. Yeah, you don't want smoke. Because no, uh, no, that, that, that opens the whole argument about that chemtrail thing. Oh, the chemtrail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> never. Have, did, have you ever seen the T one six T one sixty Nev? I haven't, no, but no. it's an impressive piece of kit, isn't it? And, um, yeah, especially with this uh, AWACS stuff that mm. they've got on it, and it's obviously a very well-equipped aircraft. But uh, mm. I was just saying in the chat room, uh, I, I wish I knew more about military. I'm just hopeless at identifying yeah. aircraft. I'm, I'm pretty good on the commercial side, but yeah. uh, I wish I knew more about the military. I wish I'd been to more military air shows when I was younger as well. I'm all, I'm all right. No, I'm, I'm right there with you, Nev. I, I can't pick out any military aircraft. We'll have to have a GA section we will have to have a GA well, <laughs> and then have stuff yes, on yes. No, GA <laughs> aircraft all day long <laughs> to, to, I mean to be fair though I mean I can, I can work out I can I can spot an A400M 
Oh I'm yeah, quite, I'm quite good very good, man. Very good. Yeah, absolutely. Mainly because whilst at Farnborough, Farnborough, uh, whilst at Farnborough, uh, we have uh, lots and lots of things with the legend that is Captain Al. So uh, when we were doing that, what, 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 you're right there. That's a brilliant segue, Matt. Is because it? Because the next story is it is regarding Farnborough. Is it? Yeah. So the I, next story. Are you story, suggesting that this show isn't just thrown know, together in some I tell kind you, of you, hideous you and occasionally or do way. look at the show notes? So <laughs> I, I can assure you that it is nothing but an accident. Uh, so the next anyway. story, uh, next <laughs> so story is for story, you, Matt. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is on uh, uh, some website somewhere. Talk uh, radio. Talkradio.co.uk, and the headline is Russian military planes. Banned from Farnborough Air Show. Banned. Ooh, dear. So the Russian military planes won't be included in an air show set to take place next year in Hampshire. Russian news agency RIA something or other uh, was told by an event organiser that, reg- that the UK regulator, um, the Export Control Organisation, ECO, that it has implemented certain rules on Russian military planes. There is currently a European Union embargo on moving weapons and military equipment both to and from Russia. Uh, despite this, the organiser added, we welcome all exhibitors, Russian or otherwise, that fall within these ECO guidelines. Um, being a major international showcase, Russian participation is really important. She also added that Russian equipment was featured in the air show in 2016. However, claimed this was not military equipment, according to Sputnik. Uh, Russian companies such as... I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce any of those. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, there's some helicopters in there somewhere. Uh, and they were involved in the show. The Farmer Air Show is one of the largest in existence and will run between the 16th and 22nd of July next year. So, um, Do you know what? I mean, because there, there was definitely some Russian stuff there, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's a, it's a shame, really, because it's probably all political at the end of the day, as well, everyone yes, knows. Yes. And it's a shame he's, because... He's not in everyone's good books at the moment, I know. it has to be said. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, mean, I, I saw a display team a few weeks ago that I've never seen before, the mm. Russian Knights. Oh, okay. Uh, and they displayed at Dubai, and I have to say, they were really good. Really? Yeah, the Russian Knights put on a really good display. And um, it's, it's a shame, a, it's a shame yeah. that they won't be... Mind you, Farnborough's at, not uh, a military show, so that may... I mean, it may no, be more... It may be more not, something you perhaps see at Riyadh if, if passes could be... You know, oh, if, Riyadh would... Uh, yeah, I mean, would it would be yeah. more appropriate appropriate at rear perhaps but um yeah oh steph's yeah. been to farnborough she has yeah yes, she has. i have yeah. as is i can almost even pronounce it correctly farnborough yes it's very so where, where is it steph farnborough. where is it farnborough yay very good, very good. <laughs> close <laughs> all right it's basically farm and then it's chili um so it's <laughs> <farm brr. laughs> that's, the way, that's the way you pronounce it farm <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so Nev, the, uh, the the last story, and uh, this one is a, a bit more. I think this is a bit more attuned to Steph's it is um, a bit, isn't form it? Yes, of uh, transport. I think, yeah, because yeah, she, like, she, she likes. Even, this. even if there's nothing wrong with the aeroplane, she, she will still fall out, out of yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. yes, people That's... that jump out of completely serviceable aircraft, <laughs> yes, which I've never I, understood. I, no, it is beyond me. But no, uh, nonetheless, even I'm not sure how we've become friends. Then, well, there you go. <laughs> but I'm certainly in awe of the people that do it. That's for sure. That's one way. This is on the four. .net uh, website and it says that scraping ice off your car and wearing your warm coat are signs that winter is near so how does a couple of months training in California sound? Oh, yes, please. Every yes. winter, adrenaline junkie Royal Air Force personnel spend uh, time at Skydive uh, Els- Elsinore. 
Elsinore, thank you, uh, near Lake Elsinore in the United States being put through their paces. However, not all of them will make it to become bona fide falcons. Forces Radio BFBS Richards Hatch uh, and Verity Gear spoke to Flight Lieutenant Dave Sellers, uh, who is currently at uh, Lake Elsinore in uh, California for winter training to discover what it takes to become an RAF Falcon team member. Uh, it's good fun, but it's mentally tiring, he says. Uh, the guys of uh, understanding partners back home um, who realise it's part of the job, but it's a busy three years when they're going to be away quite a bit. And each... Um, RAF Falcon serves for three years, which means that there is a mixture of expertise in the team as older members leave and the newbies arrive. The job requires a lot of concentration and the team have to leave their families at home, so training is not just fun in the sun. And uh, during their time with the Falcons, each team member will accumulate 1,000 jumps, many of which are on training detachments worldwide. At, uh, based at RAF Bryce Norton in, in Oxfordshire, not far from where I live here, uh, the RAF, RAF Falcons are one of the top military display teams that grace events all over Britain and Europe throughout the year and uh, as they come into land after their colourful and courageous aerial displays they're only 15 feet apart and still travelling at 50 miles per hour any civilian who loves parachuting could not be blamed for feeling envious but the hours are long and there is stiff competition and uh, the RAF Falcons have been jumping out of planes in front of the public for more than 50 years. Uh, the team was originally founded as a display team in 1961 by six instructors from the parachute training school to RAF Abingdon. Flight Lieutenant Hearn, Flight Lieutenant Fertile, uh, Flight Sergeant Maloney, Sergeant Peacock, Sergeant Robinson and Sergeant McLaughlin. What do you think about that, Steph? That A thousand jumps, that's really going some, isn't it? That Over is that a lot period of, jumps, of time, isn't it? <laughs> Over three years, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a decent number for yeah. for three years. Yeah. And you know, I, you have to figure they're doing quite a bit of training jumps in addition to actually doing their uh, uh, performance uh, demo demonstration events as well. So, yeah. yeah. Have you jumped out of an aircraft lately, Steph? I mean, there's certainly <laughs> plenty. Of, huh? I was gonna say, have, have you? I? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. When was the last time I was out there? It was. Sorry. I was just going to say, have you jumped out of a perfectly serviceable aircraft lately? Oh, I was trying to think how long it's actually been. Right. Um, <laughs> it hasn't been that long. No, it's been... I just lose track of time anymore. Um, <laughs> That'll be your age, Three weeks? Yeah. Three weeks ago. <laughs> do, do you keep notes, Steph, of, of how many jumps you've done? Do you, do you like to keep a, a, oh, keep yeah. a diary? Oh, yeah, keep, you keep logbooks and, and yeah. you, know, you keep track of the jumps that you've done and what you've done on jumps and how mm. much free fall time you've accumulated and all kinds of things because um, at least how it works here in the U.S. there's different levels of licenses and to attain the next uh, license level basically it's A, B, C, D um, you have to meet certain milestones and requirements and you have to have written proof of that so sure incredible stuff yeah. really it's i mean I, I i i get what what people see in it i get why it's so exciting to everyone it's yeah. just just not something i get to you know it's like i've only just got used to the idea of being inside one let alone jumping out <laughs> of them you don't think, you, you <laughs> don't think you'll ever you'll ever have a go at it matt no i don't think so many reasons for that one is my size because uh, it's <laughs> like i've got i would still have to lose <laughs> basically half of what i am now to be able to qualify to be allowed to go on a tandem jump but um, i've always wanted to have a go yeah there there are some requirements for tandem jumps but yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. i really I'd i could do a quick you. quick plug for the place where i uh do, do, yeah, do. They're, they're running yeah. a black black friday special today so if anyone thinks they might be in the uh, south carolina area over the next year and wants to do a tandem jump uh 
let me know and I can yeah. get to the details to get the, um, there's a significantly yeah. discounted uh, deal on tandem jumps going on for the next four days. So I'd be happy to get you that information if awesome. you're interested. <laughs> Nev, is, is this something you want to uh, have a go at, um, you know? Years ago, I thought about it, um, but I've yeah. just—I don't know—I've I, just there's something about it. It just feels rather unnatural. I've not got a fear of heights at all, but I did used to have many years ago. But it's just not on my bucket list. I it's just—it doesn't just, it doesn't, <laughs> does just fit, it doesn't fit into the radar at all, does it? Really, but. Uh... Oh dear! I must, I must, I must say, I'm laughing a little bit. Uh, a fascinating photograph has just arrived here on my mobile yeah, phone. Yeah, I have uh, just received the same <laughs> photograph. Yes, absolutely. Nev, what are you up to? Uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's, it's great to see. I don't know if I, I was trying to show, get it, show the uh, show the chat yeah, room here. I can't. Yeah, apparently yeah, the absolutely. DJ has arrived for the APG 300 show. Those of you watching on YouTube Excellent. will be able yeah, to see. Good. Uh, the, the, DJ the DJ has there. arrived. The absolutely. DJ has arrived for the 300 shows. So, Very good um, news, absolutely. Looking Great good, news there. indeed. <laughs> looking yeah, good. I think so. Absolutely. I can't see that that's going to be a problem. Well, have a, have a good day I, at work, I, Philip Davis. Have a yeah, good day at work. Is he off to, is he? He's off to work. Right. Uh, now so, we have a new segment to play uh, for the next couple of weeks, which is quite exciting because uh, I don't know if anybody had noticed. If you've been stuck under a stone, sort of hibernating or something, then you won't know anything about this, and you'll be the only person on planet Earth who doesn't. But Carlos went to the Dubai Air Show uh, <gasps> uh, last week—not last week, but the week before, didn't you? I did. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I managed to get three uh, really great interviews uh, with uh, some of the pilots and team there. Mm. And the first one this week is uh, the uh, the first one I took of the day. And this is with uh, a, f a flight instructor, a chief flight instructor at the Emirates Flight Academy. Mm. And uh, ha had a good chat with him standing right next to the Cirrus uh, SR-22. And uh, we're going to play that for you right now. It's my first interview then at the uh, Dubai Air Show 2017 and uh, I'm standing next to a Cirrus SR22 G6 and I'm here with Mohammed. Now Mohammed, uh, what's your role here with the aircraft? Hi Carl, good morning. I'm a flight instructor here with the Emirates Flight Training Academy. So uh, we're uh, opening up tomorrow. Tomorrow is the official opening and I'm going to be basically an instructor for now on the SR22. Great. So tell us a bit about your flying career then, Mohammed. Where did, where did things start for you with flying? So I basically got my PPL uh, from Jordan and then I moved on uh, to the UK back in uh, 2012 approximately. I got my CPL, my IR and my FI rating uh, all in Coventry. I've done some flying all across uh, England, a bit in the Wales, still haven't gone to Scotland though. Uh, anyways, right after that I moved back to Jordan. I instructed in Jordan for a couple of years. I did some instruction, uh, instructing with the Tunisian Air Force for a while, and now I'm here in Emirates. Uh, I've been here with them for a couple of months now. Great. So the flying out here, obviously in the UK, we do have a problem with the weather, but uh, obviously here in, in Dubai, the weather is is pretty much brilliant all the time. What what's it like flying over 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 such a hot and humid country? Uh, now, uh, from my experience with Jordan, it was exhausting during the summer, somewhere between uh, June until uh, September. The, I mean, it peaks at around 45 sometimes in the afternoon. Uh, the throt if you, I used to fly a diamond, so on the diamonds the throttle is, a, uh, is metal, so it would literally be too hot. Uh, you can't even put your hand, we used to get a cloth uh, that's wet, 
just so, so we can use the throttle initially. Now here with the Emirates, they've uh, tackled that issue. So uh, first thing is that we have an AC on the aircraft. It's fully air conditioned. And the second thing, while the aircrafts are resting on the ground, we actually have ground AC units that pump cold air uh, into the aircraft for the whole duration that it's on the ground. So you never actually get in the aircraft with it being hot at any time. It's always gonna be around 24 degrees Celsius, uh, that is. A lot warmer than the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah, yeah. So tell us a bit about the training academy then. What, uh, what does the academy do here in Dubai? So the academy, uh, the course is based on a, just your basic uh, integrated course where the student starts in from zero and then we move him up into, uh, to getting his CPLIR. So that's the backbone of the course, but we've done a couple of changes. So instead of the integrated course being somewhere around 215 hours, we're at 310 hours. So the student can, uh, finishes up with the 310 hours. They start off with us, they do the assessment tests, and based on that, they either take an English course, maths, or physics course, based on their levels. After that, they take a, like an introduction, introductory course for the ATPLs, and then they move on to doing their 14 subjects just like with any other regulator. Once they're done with that, they move down to flight school. Now, flight school is where the difference is. So they start out on the SR-22. They do their CPL and their IRs on a single-engine aircraft on the SR-22. Once they're done with that, we move into a bit more line-oriented flying. So the first step after that is they move on to the multi-engine. The multi-engine is a, an Embraer Phenom 100. So that's a jet engine. So you got people moving on from a single engine piston to a jet, to a multi-engine jet. So they do their multi-engine training on that uh, under IR and they get their multi-engine IR. Now, after they're done with that, they do a bit of obstetric uh, prevention and recovery training on a single engine aircraft. And once they're done with that, we have something unique for Emirates. We do line-oriented flight training. So they go up in the Phenom, but they would be doing multi-crew flying, okay? So it will be a pilot flying and a pilot uh, monitoring. And we would have a cabin crew with, their, with them simulating that there are actually passengers in the back. And then we'd have different scenarios where they actually train on. And once they're done with that, they will be done uh, with Emirates Flight Training Academy, and they would move on with the airline to continue their training. Wow, so it's quite, quite a, a lengthy process, then, isn't it? Yes, it is. They're taking their time with their training. Yes, that's for sure. So in the UK, we all know that the, the cost of learning to fly is, is high. Uh, the prices in the UK for, for a PPL pilot are very high, around about 100 and 150 pounds an hour for, for flight training. What are the prices like for, say, the, the, the training academy here in Dubai? So the company have, hasn't given us any figures because at the moment we're only taking Emirati students for Emirates Airlines. So all students are sponsored through Emirates Airlines and uh, all financial matters are de dealt with internally. So we still haven't given out any figures for how much we're going to be uh, charging for uh, self-sponsored students. And at the moment, there's, we're still not uh, open for applications from self-sponsored students. Whenever we have any updates, we'll probably uh, post it on our website. Oh, that's great. So tell us a bit about the SR-22 then we're standing next to here. What's, uh, what's this aircraft? What's it like to fly? So it's a fully composite uh, structured aircraft. You have a 310 uh, horsepower engine, so that's very powerful. Uh, it can go up to around uh, 20, 22,000 feet. It's non-pressurized, but you can always have the, an oxygen tank with you. So this specific model, we, have, uh, we actually have a night vision uh, camera on it. So, uh, we have a full glass cockpit inside. As I've said, it's fully air conditioned. 
It has a full autopilot and we have a CAPS system which is something specific to Cirrus. So the CAPS is a Cirrus airframe parachute system. So if anything goes wrong, you pull in the parachute, you go down safely and you live another to tell the tape. But you've never had the, ch the choice, or chance to uh, pull that? Hopefully, I don't want that <laughs> chance. You don't want that, don't chance. Want that chance. But it saved a lot of lives. Yes, yes. Yeah. We uh, During our training with Cirrus, they've showed us uh, they've, uh, a couple of statistics. And uh, to be honest, uh, the parachute seems like a life changer. I mean, there were a couple of incidents where uh, there was this one guy, he was going back home. He used, actually uses the Cirrus to commute home from one state to another. Uh, he was going back home after sunset. So it was completely dark and he had an engine failure. So, you know, with uh, for anyone who has flown a single engine aircraft, uh, engine failure at night in uh, pitch black is one of the most dreaded things. So the guy, he simply pulled on the caps, he floated down and he lived to, uh, to tell the tale. Amazing. So the Cirrus, you say it's got the glass cockpit. Now I'm used to uh, Cessna 150 with steam gauges, as we call them. Um, how easy is it to read? Because you've obviously got all, all the information on, the, on a glass screen. How easy is it to read all that information on the screen? So basically a glass cockpit, it, it's not going to take you a long time to get used to it. Maybe the navigational section, part of it, yes, it would take you a while. But from the primary flight display's point of view, it's basically a six-pack. So you got your HSI at the bottom, you got your uh, attitude indicator up above it, and just to the left and the right, you've got your airspeed indicator and altimeter. So it's not going to take you a while, it's probably an hour in the aircraft and you'll uh, subconsciously get used to it. Oh, fantastic. So Mohammed, do you get a chance to fly any other aircraft at all or have you flown any other uh, aircraft as well? Yeah, from a single engine point of view, I've flown a lot. I've flown everything from uh, mole aircrafts, so they are, they are specifically short takeoff and landing aircrafts, all the way to extra 300s. So when it comes to single engines, I believe I'm uh, quite experienced, but uh, I still haven't moved on to anything else beyond single engine. So what's the future hold for you then, Mohammed? What, what do you want to uh, progress on to possibly the uh, something larger with, like behind us? Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. With, with Emirates for the airline? Definitely, if there's a chance, why not? Uh, Emirates is a great company to work with, honestly. And it's a great airline to fly on as well, from a passenger experience, definitely, yeah. So, Mohammed, I want to thank you very much for your time on the show today. It's been absolutely great to speak to you. And um, uh, any sort of any words of um, in sort of for the encouragement for the young people back at home who want to learn to fly? Uh, just keep working on it, guys. Uh, it'll take some time, but eventually, trust me, it's well worth it. Mohammed, thank you for your time. It was nice meeting you too. Uh, thank you. Thank you. You know, it is really good speaking to Muhammad, and yeah, uh, yeah we—I mean, we were talking quite a bit before we actually started interviewing stuff. But um, yeah, it was—he uh, was—he had quite a queue of people sort of around, did, yeah, uh, yeah. wanting to have a chat. That was an and awesome stuff. interview, actually. It was really, really good. Really interesting to hear about his experiences and the stuff that he's flown on. Yeah, so yeah. It, I think yeah. it's—it's always a shock when you, you know, mm. when you talk to someone in somewhere like that in Dubai mm. who learned to fly in the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, normally they go somewhere else uh, for that because yeah, yeah. nobody else can afford it. Um, yeah. But uh, but no, I mean, uh, it, you know, it was. Uh, I mean, he was a lot younger than me. Um, but yeah, it that's, was. It that's was not hard, I'm afraid. I know. Well, they are. They are. But uh, that was. I hope you all enjoyed that. That was the mm. first uh, interview. Yes, and we've got a couple uh, more of those to look we forward have, to. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The uh, the next one, which is coming up hopefully next week, is uh, quite a rare one. It's uh, featuring a. 
a very obscure aircraft that not many people have uh, have heard about or seen. Ooh. So that will be good for next week. Very good. So we are going to wrap up the show uh, now, but mm. um, we uh, have hopefully got a, a group, a gaggle of APG hosts <laughs> who uh, want to do a little bit of shameless promotion for a certain 300th be- be- because show. Because obviously they need all mm. the help they can get, of course, because they, you know, they're... they're always so short of listeners. I know. Yeah. So we're going to hand <laughs> we're going to hand things over. I don't know where we do, dare do this, Matt. We're going to hand things over uh, over to uh, to okay. our, our lovely guest host this evening, uh, Doctor Steph. And I'd just like to say that this was Carlos's idea, so I can take no uh, blame for what is about to happen right now. But, oh, look at those scary faces. Uh, so he very, very kindly asked if we'd like to give a little promotion for our show, our little show that's happening tomorrow, episode 300. So I brought these lovely gentlemen into the picture so they can God, say, it really, it really is a rose, but it's rose between <laughs> several thorns, isn't it? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? No, oh. I can't see that. I don't know, you, they're all speechless at the moment. So, yeah. Uh, what's, what's, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, Eating, is that yeah. what are we doing tomorrow, guys? What's, what's so going if you're on? not doing anything tomorrow and you want to hang out with a bunch of uh, creepy people, you can uh, <laughs> head over to APG. We're celebrating what what number again? Three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah, it's gonna be a big party. Yeah, very people. Lots of food, lots of drink, but you won't get it because you'll be watching online. Decide <laughs> oh. what time we're actually starting tomorrow. No, no, no. But then why? But then why change the habit of at least three hundred shows? Let's be honest. Uh, just, just, you know. So what do, what do you suggest? Two o'clock. I think. Yeah. You should, I think you should start, Jeff. I think you should start the show using blab. <laughs> I would if we still had it. Yeah. <laughs> no, fair point. So, so right, do you, so... do you have much planned for for the? What, are there any sort of uh, little sneaky? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Just gonna be a regular show, a regular boring show. Gonna yeah. talk about news, feedback. That's pretty much it. Jeff, the one thing I will say about your show, I can guarantee it is never, ever <laughs> boring. There is always so much going on. So it's. Uh, there will be a play tale. <laughs> oh yeah, that. There'll be a plain tale. There will be a plain yeah, tale. Oh, good. That. Absolutely. Apparently, so, they're the glasses that Dana wears when he's uh, having a sleep on the flight deck. Uh, is it right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's and that was a passenger experience. I think. Oh, no, wait. That's on my show. That's your show. <laughs> hey! <laughs> we weren't supposed to mention that, Jeff. No, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> there are some secrets for the show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, oh, so I, it there sounds... may be some things going on that I don't have any idea about. No. Yeah. Really? <laughs> But anyway, so we've roughly decided on 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, so I have no idea what time that is, UTC. Someone help me. Uh, It's 14 plus 5, 19Z. 19Z. So Number there you go. Absolutely. Um, and we will see you all then, <laughs> or, and hopefully some well, of you in person. Huh? And then Dana thinks maybe we should start earlier, but we'll uh, just look. Uh, we'll put out a tweet tomorrow morning. APG yeah, crew. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yes. Yeah, so obviously, uh, to get hold of the legend that is the airline pilot guy, obviously it is airlinepilotguy.com. And if you want to tweet the group directly, of course their handle is at airline uh, no is it apg crew isn't it APG at crew, a- yeah. apg it. Yeah. that is crew. it and that is uh, if make sure you're following that obviously because they will then tweet uh about four hours before they start usually uh of wh- when the show is going to go actually, about, have about to, four minutes before we start right. so. <laughs> i have, have to ask actually 
Dana, don't, what, don't do anything tomorrow. Just be ready for. for yeah, yeah. Just, just clear your diary, everyone. Make your empty schedule. your diary. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, what, what has Dana let himself in for? Letting yeah, all, these, all these, all through, all these strange <laughs> people. Come on, come home. on. He's gonna be sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not. This, this house is designed for partying. Right. Okay. Yeah, well, it's about to be tested to the max. I fear. But anyway, no, it is. It's gonna be small compared to what I throw. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh. from yeah. all of us here, and I'm sure I'm speaking for everyone who's listening and watching right yes. now, uh, I hope. Uh, well, we will all be watching. I, I know. Yeah. I know that for a fact. Uh, congratulations on a ridiculous. I've got work, unfortunately. But anyway, yeah. uh, it's, for you. What do you mean? Un- <laughs> unfortunately, my, my budget's being blown on a trip over to uh, see uh, Steph next year. Oh, I see. Yeah, he's he's not kidding about that either. No, yeah. I'm not kidding about that either. No. <laughs> I'm having I'm having to remortgage the cat. That's right. how bad okay. things well, are. Well, poppy poppy cat is a very expensive commodity. There's no two ways yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, seriously, from all of us here, uh, guys, uh, congratulations on a ridiculously mammoth three uh, hundredth. Uh, it, it's yeah. come around so very quickly. It only seems like yesterday you were celebrating your two hundredth. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm going to eat a very English bourbon cream oh, yeah, in right. in there celebration we... of oh, your right. three hundredth. What a real honour! A yes. real not a whole one. A yes, real yes. English bourbon right. cream. Mm, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that's... Ignorant American, what is a something cream? A bourbon, bourbon cream. cream. It's absolutely, it's a it's a chocolate biscuit, basically. Traditional so, English biscuit, oh, okay. Dana. Okay. So it, it's got a biscuit we, layer we on either, uh, either side with a sort of like a chocolate cream biscuit inside. It's a bit like, like a, a custard cream, only Perfect. chocolate. Basically, yeah, uh, bourbon. Yeah. Uh, yes, not very interesting. <laughs> I appreciate, uh, but uh, yes. So uh, that is where we're going to wrap uh, the show, guys. Obviously, make sure you're watching or listen to. I'm sure there will be an amazing podcast that follows um, the 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 three hundredth episode. And if anybody's seen uh, the pic- oh, look at that taco! Taco! Oh, oh. There we are. The legend that is taco. Right. That that was scary. Uh, Taco's got an alarming voice. Um, <laughs> Before. Where are Dana's hands again? Uh, no, sorry, that's <laughs> suddenly turned into a puppet. Jeff's drinking yeah. beer already. Is he? Well, of course, it's it's it's, it's uh, sometime past the. Week. It's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, anyway, it's four from... <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, it's a holiday. Uh, uh, Nev, are you still there? I am. Yes. <laughs> any any, yes, any last words, Nev? <laughs> yeah, I'm just. Well, I'm. Sadly, I can't be there this weekend due to. Uh... Well, financial embarrassment, yes, frankly. Yeah, um, but um, I just hope everybody has a great time there, and I know what a special uh, time it's going to be, especially as it's over the Thanksgiving weekend as well, which I know is a very show. special yes. time for everybody in the US. So have a great time, guys, and um, stay uh, stay safe, whatever stay, you do. <laughs> stay sober, <laughs> I think, you. is the most <laughs> but uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, listen, oh. guys, I just have to no make... No walking. No, <laughs> I just have to make special uh, mention, please, to uh, my wonderful boss, because... Uh, uh, yeah, if do. it hadn't have been for the people that I work for, the Sarah Brown Cards, whose website I'm now just going to put up on the YouTube channel. That Yes, that is a website I created, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but uh, yes, if it hadn't have been for the lovely Sarah Brown Cards, this show wouldn't actually be happening today because, um, unfortunately, Carlos has got some broadcast issues at home. So we've had to migrate here. So apologies for the chirp through that because our 
fire, fire alarm decided to malfunction towards the end. And you uh, can probably see me wearing this jumper in here. It's not because it's cold no, in here, because no. actually it's really warm in here. Yeah. But <laughs> actually outside at the moment here... It is now below it freezing. It is below freezing. Yeah, it is very, very it is cold. Absolutely. So uh, that is where we bring episode number uh, 192, 192 to a close. Uh, to Don't forget close. to uh, to look us up on Facebook, look us up on Twitter, and uh, send us some uh, voice feedback or uh, emails to the show, either via the website or you can send an email to podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. So also, uh, before we go, we will just make a quick mention that we do have one space left for the 200th show uh, next year in London at the Simulator. That's one space left yeah, one space uh, for definitely. the show. Uh, if anyone's listening in the UK or across the globe and wants to travel to London on the 20th yep. of January next year no and join us uh, in the sim and have a go at <laughs> flying somewhere around the world. Um, uh, and also, uh, we have uh, set a, uh, a, da- a date for our Christmas show yep. as well, which is going to be on Thursday, the 21st of December. Yep. That will be our Christmas extravaganza show. Indeed, yeah. And we are going to have a large amount of special guests for that mm-hmm. show yep. as well. And, uh, In fact, so large, we might end up doing it back here at the bar. We might, yeah, we might have to have, we might have to have thirty Skype. Uh, yeah, indeed, laptops. yes. So, but yeah. we like to give matter as many as big a headache as possible over Christmas because he's not allowed to enjoy himself. Um, and also, next week we will be announcing the Christmas, Christmas competition. competition. Yes, we We've will, got yeah. some amazing prizes up for grabs. Uh, for that, and we've got uh, a little list of questions that we're going to ask you guys and uh, to send your answers into with a chance to win some really good prizes. So, before we wrap up, then, any last words from the APG crew who are all assembled in the lovely Dana's house? Bye! Bye. Bye. See you tomorrow! <laughs> uh, right, okay, good, splendid. From all of us here in the studio, it is time to say goodbye. Everybody, say goodbye! Yeah. Bye. 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 Have a great weekend, guys! Bye.